What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 84 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games and news and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, and it's good to be back. Long live the king. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my archduke. <laughs> uh, so joining me... <laughs> you know what they say. Oh. Joining me this week, as always, my my dearest friends here, my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Thompson and say long live the king, but I'm going to say it in that ironic way that Scar says before he throws Mufasa <laughs> into the stadium. <laughs> love that. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh, my God. The loyal edgelord with the heart of gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. It's good to be back. I know I missed last week. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You went into Pete's brain and fought off the concussion that was holding him down. Yeah, I got one, too, apparently. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> yeah, last week, uh, me and Thompson were in the middle of an episode of Inception. It's <laughs> going around these concussions, man. I think I might be due for one soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thankfully, the guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley, uh, he wears armor, so I think concussions are a, a lot less likely for him. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> You're also protected by holy powers. That's true. There you go. Paladins can re- well, they can't res, but you could heal. They so. can res others. They can res. See, all right. See, you got lots of options. If you get concussed, I feel like. You're going to be back on your feet in no time. But you don't resurrect from a concussion. It's not death. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. No, I'm pretty what? sure that's that's in the Bible. Jesus got a concussion, then three days later, he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's hot. <laughs> so I, what I'm hearing, actually, from this logic, which I think tracks, right, is that like a concussion would be more damaging to a paladin than death. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> concussions are permanent that's death what, is something yeah. that's reversible that's why paladins wear massive helmets because... can't heal brain damage well, well there is no way to fix brain cells at all so alright <laughs> well we've got a, a jam packed show for you this week but we're going to kick things off by talking about what we're playing except Every other game is stupid except for Super Smash Brothers, so I only want to hear about Super fucking Smash Brothers. Let's go, boys. Wow. Agreed. Sean. Yeah. Kick it off. You're you're our resident Smash expert. Like, what what are your thoughts on your initial? I guess it's what been like forty eight hours with the game. Yeah. Ah, man, it's it's great. It really is. Um, I'm having such a good time. Um, most of the time with Smash Brothers. It's a, all right, we're all going to get together and just smash all night and do nothing else. This has been a different launch experience for me. Uh, I haven't actually played with any of my friends yet. It's just been me and uh, and my girlfriend um, unlocking characters, you know, going through classic mode, uh, just, you know, playing the regular quick smash matches, um, and I'm having a blast. I mean... When you first open the game and you go to play a Smash and you see all the levels, it's like the first thing you see. It's You see all the levels that are accessible and it's like, oh my god, how are there this many levels? I've never <laughs> seen a game with this many levels. Uh, and then you go in. It's kind in. of overwhelming. It is. Honestly. It is. And then you go in and there's like six characters to choose from or whatever. <laughs> um 
And that's in stark contrast to the last game uh, because you actually have to unlock, you know, basically the entire roster, uh, which is going to take a while for sure. I've probably unlocked 20 characters uh, and uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it the, the normal way. There is another way to unlock characters that is much faster, but a little cheesier. I did and it that I, way. There you go. You're a smarter That's what person. I'm doing too. I'm about halfway. Yeah. Um, but no, it's 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 a revelation. I'll have a lot more to say once I have all the characters and have uh, indulged in more modes. But there's just so much to this game. Classic mode feels awesome because there's this big mural and you can set the difficulty level based on the intensity and I love that that's really awesome um, the attention to detail on everything so far has just been just 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 incredible like this is everything I wanted in a game uh, in, a, in a smash game there's so much I, I haven't even done everything I haven't even messed with the spirits yet spirit mode or whatever haven't touched it uh i i will i guess at some point but not really you know um i don't know i've heard complaints about online mode being buggy things like that i haven't been online oh yet. yeah the net code's bad yeah and and you know that'll work itself out or it won't whatever we'll see um uh, but for right now i am on cloud nine with this video game from sean that is the most I think that is the strongest, most positive thing I, I think I've ever heard him say about any video game so far. That since the time I've been doing this. <laughs> That's true. It's very likely, yeah. It's Smash. I, yeah, man. I remember I used to call Andy Brown the hype slayer, and Sean makes Andy look like me. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, I fucking love this game. Um, I So I unlocked all the characters. I did it the slightly cheesier way. Of if you don't know and you want to unlock the characters faster, there's an internal timer that resets when you exit the program. So you can do a one stock, unlock a character after it, reset the game, and then you get a character the next match as opposed to waiting like ten minutes. Hmm. Um, yep. I so I have all the characters and you get all the stages. It's so much fun. I spent like all day Friday playing Smash. I don't regret a second of it. Um, I spent most of the day yesterday too. Really love uh, the new characters in particular. Are all really well designed. I think uh, King K. Rule is Bay. Yeah, man. Actually, on that point, I on it. I I wanted to throw this out, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think, especially you, Sean. I think this batch of new characters is the best there's ever been. I think it's because there's less of them. Like, and and I guess like that's easy to say when there's every other character in comparison, but like. Jumping into every new character, each one feels totally unique, and I I enjoy playing them. And that it's the most I've ever gotten a new batch of character where I like I I would say ninety percent of them I've played like that I have played have been like I actually think this is a contender for a character I'll regularly play. Um, yes and no. So I think I think the best new batch of characters obviously has to be melee. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> but with this one thing, well, first of all, I, haven't, I don't have every character, so I can't say how I feel about every character. But I, I was a little bit disappointed when I unlocked Simon, and he plays the same as Richter. Obviously, there's 
speed differences and weight and stuff like that, but like they're but like, the same barely. character. You yeah, know? yeah. And, that's that's what they said though, right? Yeah, no, ab- they absolutely did. It's nothing nothing against that. It's just like Brawl didn't have any Echo characters and we you Smash didn't have any Echo characters. So going back to that feels a little weird. When you unlock a character and it's the same character as someone you already have, that's a little frustrating. It's been weird trying to figure out the differences in some of the Echo characters for me. Because, like, I play a lot of Peach, and I've played a lot of Peach forever, and I genuinely can't tell what's different between Peach and Daisy. There may be nothing different. Yeah, whereas, like, Krom, on the other hand, plays completely different than Roy, who he's theoretically an Echo of. Right. And it's just, it's super strange. Uh, But, yeah, I do get that, that, like, unlocking Simon and then Richter feels weird. Yeah, I didn't but also that. Simon and Richter are super fun to play. They are. I lo- I love their moveset. My only gripe with him is I I think his recovery kind of sucks. Like it reminds me of like Little Max, where like it's very like if, if he gets pushed like too far off the yeah, edge, uh, where he can recover. Just yeah, he doesn't have much by the way of horizontal recovery. No. Well, um, this is something that I I discovered uh, just yesterday. In fact, um. That may be true, but if you press, if you pressed A left or A right, um, and you throw his his chain out, you can actually chain to the. Arena. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah. What you can? Oh, yeah. yes, that changes the game, dude. Like, okay, because that that was my one gripe with him. Yeah. Because otherwise, I love their move set. Like, it's so it's so cool to have uh, a melee character that's focuses range. You know, because a lot of the other range characters are like spellcasters or like it's like a bow and arrow or something. It's like all of his moves are like mid to long range. But then he also has one or two really good like smash attacks up close. So it's like I feel like especially in a multiplayer match, it's really easy to like get people away from you and then put the momentum back in your favor. You know, sure. And it's fucking rad. I love them. And, but for me, the new character that I like the most is actually Ridley, which I never expected. Like, I don't usually like heavy characters. Like, that is just not usually my bag. And uh, I love his moveset, dude. Like, he's such a heavy hitter, but he's still quick. His recovery is good because he has the three, like, long jumps and then the upward dash. Like, I love that he has uh, a lot of moves that are, like, very, like, good at engaging. You know, like his side B, where he like does that grab and then like runs and smashes you into another player or throws you is like awesome. Helpful hit. So good at initiating. Don't use that move on levels that are just like flat all the way to the edge. Because you will go all the way to the edge and you'll die, not the other person. <laughs> I've not had that happen to me yet, but that's hilarious. <laughs> Last week, Andy asked me what character I was most excited to pick and who I'd pick first, and I chose Ridley. And then I booted up the game, and I realized that oh yeah, I have to unlock everyone. Yeah. So I have you not gotten Ridley yet? Played Ridley yet? I'm very oh. disappointed. I I don't know how to unlock Ridley. Um, I'm hoping that if I just do the uh, Samus uh, classic mode, that I'll fight Ridley at the end and then get Ridley. But I don't know that that's the case. So we'll see. Yeah, because I know when I did it the first time, I did it with Kirby and I beat Classic Mode and I unlocked Ness. So I was like, okay, I guess there's no rhyme or reason to this. Like, Yeah, you might be right. 
Yeah. It seems like it's random. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been doing the reset thing. Cause I, I don't have that many people unlocked yet. Cause I don't have Ridley yet, but I was actually over the weekend, I was at my girlfriend's house and, uh, her roommate, um, who's a good friend of mine unlocked the entire cast like overnight, basically. So I was playing like with several people over the weekend and getting that like true smash experience with the whole roster. And I got a chance to try everybody actually, um, I gotta say, shout out to uh, my favorite new character, Isabel. Dude, just, I I love she's Isabel. So she's good. She's savage, dude. That fishing pole attack is incredible. I love that goddamn move. It's so good. Oh my god! The just fishing, get like picks. The fishing pole attack. Her up smash is just a do not sign. <laughs> and it's and it's it. She's great, dude. Like, I love her moveset because it's like, it's like Villager, but Villager never quite worked for me. You know, like, I always had trouble getting the rhythm down right, and I find it just, like, way easier with Isabel. I'm yeah, like, I get that. She's definitely going to be a main for me. She's so fun. Like, her, Ridley, and um, I want to be good with the Inklings, but I just am still trying to figure them out. Like, they have some good combos, but I'm still having trouble, like... yeah. Inklings didn't really speak it. to me when I picked them up. Um, but Ridley, for sure. K. Rool's a lot of fun. Have you played him yet? Yeah, yeah, I played K. Rool a little bit. Um, he was, like, he definitely felt like I think I could get into him. But I just, like, wasn't having trouble getting, like, what's the right way to m- use his moves together? Yeah. You know, and, and get, like get, like, the kit rolling, basically, and, like, for whatever reason, it wasn't clicking with me right away, and then, like, right after him, I tried Ridley, and I was like, oh, I got seven kills in my first game as Ridley, like, I'm gonna play more Ridley. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, I love King K. Rule. He's uh, one of the rare, bigger characters who has pretty solid zoning techniques, because he's got the, uh, he can throw his crown, and he can shoot the cannon, so... He can shoot you out of the cannon. Yeah, that too. Uh, so the cannon's really cool. I yeah. feel like it's, it has a lot of implication, or um, like a lot of options for it. You know, his recovery is also insanely good. So I think King K. Rule is going to be strong. He also has a very, very powerful ability to, uh, to uh, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I can't remember the terminology, but uh, to kill someone when they're off the map, his his revert his um. Uh, how do I describe this properly? His side A when he's in the air, um, pushing like if if he pr- if you press side A facing away from your opponent, he does a reverse dunk punch. Oh yeah! And if oh. you get hit, you go straight down. That's and a die. nasty spike. Yeah. 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 Wow, so that's really cool. Uh, Thompson, yeah. have you played? No, I don't uh, have the money to buy two games in a month, so, <laughs> oh. but I will play it with Pete this week and I will definitely get at least something done. And hopefully maybe Pete's got more characters by then or if all of them, there's only yeah, one thing I left mean... in smash that I want. It's What's coming that? soon. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's Pete. We're, we're going we're... <laughs> to, Oh, I thought it was something else. Never mind. No, it's, <laughs> it's piranha plant for days. Um, yeah, I just, he feels like such a, like natural fit for this roster and for just how goofy this game in particular is <laughs> it's just funny because like 
as big as the roster is, I'm so greedy. I'm like, I can't wait for more. Who, like, give me all the other characters. Like, there's six more. Give me them. Everyone's <laughs> here already. I thought. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, I can't wait. Um, but yeah, uh, Thompson, to answer your question from before, like I, I last night, um, my girlfriend and I spent like a solid two hours just doing one stocks and just unlocking people. Mm-hmm. So like. I think we're going to do it again tonight, so I think we'll probably get everybody out by the end of the weekend, so hopefully we'll be we'll be good to go by the time you sit down cool. with it. I, I'm you can really... bring your memory card over and copy a save. <laughs> memory card? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, uh, I'm just honestly looking forward to playing Ridley and also Richter slash Simon are like, that. that's definitely, you know, uh, right, I'm the, the first one I gotta try is him, just because... <laughs> It's perfect for me. Uh, and, like, hearing what you said about using the whip thing, like, that's fucking awesome. You know, like, I I loved in the older games, like, Samus's grab thing, you know, it was always fun for me. Yep. And it's like, I like playing Samus, but a little too rangy for me. So I liked yeah. being able to switch between Zero Suit and not. Um, that was always fun. But Richter slash Simon kind of sounds like he's the mid-range, which is awesome. I think you'll really like them because, like, he has a really good mix of, like, he has, like, an axe that he throws, he has a cross that he throws, he has a fire ability, Those are all, uh, and then he has, like, all of his All the Castlevania you know? moves I have come to know and right. love. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I'm excited to get your impressions on it. I'm excited to play more of it. This game is so good, and, like, I hope, you, if you're a regular listener, that you're a fan of Smash because... You better get used to hearing us talk about it for a while. We've already been. This game is going to be... Yeah, but now that we have it, this game is going to be dominating our mind share, I think, a lot for a while. I just, well, <laughs> why is it not just Melee? That's what I want to know. I'm excited to play Smash with a lot of people. Uh, and I want to get my friend code out there. If any of you guys uh, listening play Smash and are excited about this game as well, uh, I'll... I don't even know my friend code, but I'll get it and add it into the notes for this episode. So feel free to add me. Cool. Yeah, honestly, we we should put uh we'll put all three of ours down there. And we can we could get uh, get some games going. Yeah, it'll be good shit. Cool. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, I I think we're gonna be talking a lot more about Smash in the weeks, months, years to come. So, uh, let's for now we'll put the bow on that. But initial impressions, I think Sean said it best. Cloud Nine. Uh, it's so happy that it's finally here. Yep. So, uh, with that, I guess that means it's time for the random news of the question. No news. The news. The news. We talking about the news. The news. The news. Alright, so we've got just 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 a ton. Just a ton of news this week. A ton. Just a lot. It's a lot, Buckle guys. Alright. <laughs> Buckle up. So item number one is a follow-up from the last month. Uh the, the ongoing controversy around Fallout 76. Uh, you know, I think the, the, on the most recent episode, Sean and Andy took you guys through the story around the, uh, the whole bag crisis, you know, and, and that's what, what we're ama- calling it now. <laughs> the bag well, crisis. Crisis on infinite bags. <laughs> <laughs> I could be like every other news outlet and call it bag gate or Bethesda gate, but you know, I don't, that's, that's not my bag Ooh. gate. <laughs> so, uh, Basically, 
we Bethesda issued a response right where uh, on Twitter Bethesda support tweeted we are finalizing manufacturing plans for replacement canvas bags for the Fallout 76 Power Armor edition if you purchase the CE please visit a link and submit a ticket by January 31st 2019 we'll arrange to send you a replacement as soon as the bags are ready so um you know a lot of people you know we're happy about this right Bethesda answered it but you know it definitely didn't get as much uh, circulation as the story about, you know, how how bad the, the whole situation was. So that's not great. Um, but then they had another issue that came from them trying to fix this issue uh, where the support leaked a bunch of customer names, addresses and phone numbers of the people who were trying to get their replacement bag. Wow. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to kick it over real quick to Kotaku's Luke Plunkett's article on the situation uh, just to catch us up here, and then <laughs> and then we can we can weigh in on this, this situation. Uh, some of the people submitting tickets to get their replacement Fallout 76 canvas bag have encountered a surprise. They've been given access to parts of Bethesda's support system, including the ability to open and close tickets, as well as check out customers' personal information. The loophole has since been closed, but not before a number of users on Reddit and the company's forums claim to have been shown all kinds of things they should not have been shown. Uh, a, a user named Jesse Pye on uh, Reddit said, I am receiving every single one of your support tickets on my Bethesda account. Mostly it's your receipts for your power armor set requesting a new bag. These receipts contain all your info, your email address and home address, and the card you use to buy this extremely glitched game. Wow, what? Yeah. So, uh, Radioactive Trinket, another user uh, on Bethesda.net said, I went on the support website today to update a ticket of mine, and surprisingly, or not, I ended up being able to see all sorts of tickets with people putting their personal informations in them, like receipt screenshots, names, addresses, and and so on. Uh, And then somebody uploaded a screenshot you can check out in the article down below. Um, Not with, like, uh, anybody's, like, personal information, but they just showed, like, here's me getting to see the back end, and it's everybody's tickets, and it's people being like, here's my power armor request, here's someone saying, I linked the wrong Xbox account to my Bethesda account, and would dot dot dot, and it's, you know, it's got the information with no, like, personal stuff, but you can see, like, this is literally the back end support ticket, you know? Uh, this, it, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Uh, and this this came from Twitter user Jesse Tracy, and she said, "I'm receiving other people's support tickets on my Beth- Bethesda account. I have numerous people uh, people's receipts for power armor sets that include their email and home address for the card type of card being used. This is not good, right?" <laughs> um, so in response, a Bethesda community response uh, manager only said, "Hey guys, we resolved the issue. <laughs> That's it. No apology. Wow. Like nothing else." <laughs> um, so. Obviously, this is like a dumpster fire at this point. Like, Fallout 76, regardless of, you know, because Thompson, you're enjoying the game. There are plenty of people who are enjoying yeah. the game. Regardless this, of your feelings. This crap about the aside, game, the game is its own thing. <laughs> the announcement, this special edition, now this, which is like somehow even worse than the false advertising. Like, Jesus Christ. I can only imagine what it feels like to be a part of Bethesda's PR department right now. 
Like, what a goddamn nightmare this has become. Every time know? I hear some update on this story or how it gets worse and worse, I just hear that little sound clip of Todd Howard just saying, like, it just works. You know, and, like, that's that's <laughs> all that goes through my head every time I hear this shit because it's not working. <laughs> it's, it's not good, man. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously, like, I, I don't even feel like there's too much else to say about it other than just, like, this is a nightmare, and if you're not aware of this already, like, go make sure that your information wasn't part of this, and, you know, if you've got to change passwords or whatever, like, you know, uh, or alert your bank, you know, make sure you do that, because you want to protect yourself. Because it seems like most of these people who were gained access were people which, which did not have malicious intent, and brought the attention, or brought the problem to Bethesda's attention, and closed the loop, and thank god but we don't know there could have been a lot of people who got access there that didn't uh do that and didn't have that same reaction show so if you're unaware if you were a part of this situation like make sure you protect yourself how could this go any worse like what (laughs) what's gonna happen next Uh, honestly don't get a a report on monday uh, from uh, kotaku's reporting that users have experienced fallout 76 like breaking out of their computer and eating their children. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that seems like the next step here, right? The game is mutating. We we found that exposure to the game uh, definitely 100% results in you getting eye cancer. Oh, thanks. Thanks. That's what I need. <laughs> I played Fallout 76 and now I'm sterile? Thank God, thank God I already was. <laughs> I hope that wasn't true, because that's dark. I have dude. no idea. I don't want to try. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, Better you don't play know safe until you... uninstall that shit. <laughs> I did hit level 101 and I fired a nuke, so I feel like that's kind of it, you know, until, like, any stuff comes out. Like, I'm, I guess I'm good? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll continue to update this ongoing train wreck as it develops, I guess. <laughs> um, but moving right along, in fun news... Uh, it seems like a Batman Court of Owls game could be in development over at WB Montreal. Who made the oh, wow. best Batman game. Which, that's the spiciest take you've ever thrown out on this, this show, Andy. I've thrown that take out before. Arkham Origins is the best of those games. I know. I, it's still it's still the spiciest of the takes. Are you I feel insane? like I've had spicier <laughs> takes. No, I'm not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me, yo, real quick. I haven't played them. Which one's Origins? The third one? The last one? Yeah. O- Origins is the only one that wasn't made by okay, Rocksteady. So the, yeah, the one I yeah. have heard was bad. <laughs> the, one, yeah, the one that I think is unfairly called okay. bad. The one that launched Buggy and, like, is the only one that spends time having interesting boss fights or... Mm. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Freeze oh. accepted. Oh, okay, at, at what? least you added that caveat. At least you added that caveat. Mm. Shit, I haven't even played the game right, and I heard about so, the freeze thing, so... <laughs> let's, let's put a pin in that for now. Here's the rumor. Uh, so there was a tweet from um, Valerie Vizina, who is the assistant producer over at WB Montreal... And uh, she tweeted out a picture of her in a t-shirt that has a logo that's uh, very similar to, like, the, the, the Court of Owls logo. And uh, basically she said, the tweet says, redacted best dev team ever. Ever, I should say. Uh, 
so this has led people to think, you know, that like the Batman franchise, you know, we know that Rocksteady's not making a Batman game. Uh, we talked about the rumors about what they were working on, I think last week, right? And um, somebody had to pick this up. It makes sense that it would be WB. What do you guys think about the idea of a Court of Owls game from, from WB? Hey, on its face, I think the idea of a Court of Owls video game is very awesome because that storyline, that entire period of Batman uh, is is very cool. I think there's a lot of elements that, that could be at play. There's a lot of opportunity for additional characters other than Batman to be playable. They always like to put out the DLC where you can play as like Catwoman or whoever else. You could do that here with the rest of the Bat family. Um, there are characters we've never seen in a video game before that could be in this, which is cool. Um, and and an element of the, the Arkham games that, that never really saw play before was the history of Gotham City. I don't really feel like that played huge into the story. No. Um, and it does in the Court of Owls storyline. So there's a lot of room for cool stuff that we've not seen in a Batman game before. And I think this could be awesome. The biggest problem I have with it is who the developer is. I don't trust Andy. It. Um, so I... I will I will stand by my spicy hot fire take. Um, I love Arkham Origins. It's so good. It's so criminally underrated. Um, I think this could be a great game. I think that every open world game that has the opportunity to pull like a Shadow of Mordor Nemesis system should. And I think that like doing that kind of thing with the talons would be really cool. Okay, yeah. No, I can totally see that. Like, yeah. random guy comes after you and kills you, and all of a sudden, like, that's a, a mini-boss that will show up periodically. Yeah, that could be really fun. Man, I, I'm just excited by the prospect of another Batman game, you know? Like, Arkham Knight really did not stick the landing for that trilogy for me. Uh, it was a really huge disappointment, and g- getting a Batman game that is, like, not focused on the car and is more back-to-basics especially after so much time away from it, is something that I'm really looking forward to. It's been like four years now, you know? Yeah. So over on the Comics Pals for episode 100, we did uh, something called Bad Takes. That was a segment we did where we just kind of (laughs) went around. Oh, is that where your take that Arkham Origins isn't good is coming from, Sean? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I never said that it was trash. You said it was the best Arkham game. Which is insane. Uh, and when we do the bad take segment on this podcast, I guarantee you that you will receive shit for that shit take. It's coming <laughs> up, man. We're, we're at 84. We're only 16 out here, so you better get ready. I can't wait. I'm going to write my material as soon as we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> the roast of Andy Brown. Yeah. That's all that episode's Listen, going to all be. I, all I do is spit hot fire. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> think <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> don't hate uh so there there is us again a little bit more just here um to add credence to this rumor is the idea that uh or not the idea the fact that we know that wb montreal is like already publicly has announced that they're working on two games in the dc universe so seems like uh seems like you can take this one to the bank so one to look forward to. We'll definitely update it as it uh, as it develops. Uh, so next up is uh, 
Counter-Strike made a huge announcement this week, which uh, did not go over well. Um, they CSGO has announced a Battle Royale mode that is uh, kind of like a, you know, a companion thing to the original game uh, and has gone free to play. So they uh, they announced Danger Zone, right, which went live on uh, on Thursday, on the 6th. Um, and uh, essentially it is... The, you know, they described it as a fast-paced battle royale game built on CSGO's tactical gameplay where players use their wits, skill, and resources to fight to the finish. Uh, it's got 16 players in singles, 18 players in duos or triples, and um, same weapon behavior and damage that is in the regular CSGO proper and all that stuff. And they said that, like, the intended thing is to have shorter matches that are, like, about 10 minutes, you know? Uh, if you want to go, like, check out more about the game, I've got an article here from PC Gamer that, like, it includes information about, like, you know, ammo on the map and, and what, like, weapons you start with and all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't, I don't really feel like it's worth getting into all of that right here. If, if you are interested, go check it out or go play the game for free. It's available right now. Um, but the community of CSGO, uh, did not really seem to take this news super well. Um... After this announcement was made that the game was going free-to-play, it received 14,000 negative Steam reviews in one day. Mm. And uh, a lot of people were were basically, you know, seemingly having the opinion that they felt burned, that they had paid full price for a game that was now going free-to-play. Uh, especially without any, um, any, I guess, notice, you know? Or compensation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so another, and this is for another article from PC Gamer, which I've linked to down below. They said since the writing of the article, another four thousand negative reviews had appeared, which the next day, you know. So I, I, I don't even know what it looks at now, um, but you know, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like people are are happy about it. But it, all of the negative reviews seem to be about the free to play switch, not the battle royale mode. So it's interesting because it seems like the news of this Battle Royale thing, which people might have been excited for, has kind of gotten swept up in this other separate conversation, you know? All right. All right. I'm a little lost on this one. I need some help so I can form my opinion. Okay. So the the actual Battle Royale mode released, and you had to pay for it? No. Okay. So, simultaneously, they released this new Battle Royale mode and made the game free-to-play. Got you. So, the game itself has been available for how long? Many years. Many six years. years. Yeah, six years? Oh, and that's, get over it. And that's, like, yep. and that's the other thing, too, is that this is CSGO that's been around, which is the second variation of yeah. this game, which has it's been around. It's a fucking $15 right. game that's been out for six years. Okay. And this yeah, is yeah, the second version of it, crazy. technically. You know? It's like... I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know how games, I mean, games go free to play. Listen, people played Wild Star, right? Oh Forever. Yeah. Okay. And then it went free to play. Those people had a monthly subscription. It is what it is. Star Wars, the Old Republic, same yep. thing, right? Like that happens. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand how you can complain about money spent on something that you were enjoying. And that's the reason you spent the money. You don't get your money back. I don't, I don't understand the I, – I could see if, like, 
the Battle Royale mode, for example, came out and it was paid, and then like a couple of months later, they made it free to play, but this is a completely different situation. You enjoyed a game for many years that you spent a few dollars on. Why does it matter? Especially when the the hope, right, is that it's going to grow the game. Right. And make the community bigger and make your, you know, um, queue time shorter and, and, you know, improve the health of the community. I mean, listen, if you purchase the game and then the next day it went free to play, that's a little crappy. I could see that. And you know what? If you hit up customer support, I'm pretty sure they would comp it. Because that Steam happens does, yeah. in real life. Like, if you go to a yeah. store and you buy something and they put it on discount a few days later or whatever, things like that happen. But to be that mad about a game you've been playing for a while, going free-to-play, just doesn't make any sense to me. Your money's spent already. I want to... Pro- yeah, like, there's people on there with 1,800 hours in this game. You're like, it's free-to-play now, yeah. it sucks! No, I want to propose another problem I think that people are having, just because what Andy said is leading into that. Uh, I think a lot of the negatives are from like the people who are like, I played this game. I don't want any new people. I don't want to have to have a person on my team who sucks or whatever. You know, a lot of these people are like, you know, the hardcore fucking like they play CSGO. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they do. And like, personally, I play CSGO too. But like, this is great. Like, I am not a pro CSGO player and I'm tired of getting into servers where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess you can't you know, do this super fucking move that takes, you know, like jump over a thing, no scope, a headshot thing. And, and like three, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't have the time to invest in a shooter like that. So it's like, this is great. Like yeah. what Pete was saying about the community, like growing, like it did. I mean, at least for now. And it was fun when I was in like the battle royale mode is fun. I bought this fucking game like five years ago. Like, I mean, even if I got it like months ago, it was like only 15 bucks. I don't know. I think a lot of the people are kind of blowing this up way more than it needs to be. Let alone the price thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think the only I think the only angle of it that I think maybe makes sense is like they they were given a loyalty badge yeah, okay. for being founding members, and a lot of them were like, you know, it would have been really cool if we got like an exclusive skin or a weapon or something like that. I get it. I feel like I feel like exclusive skin, yeah. fine. That seems like a reasonable request of like, yo, I've been here since the beginning. I supported you when the game was paid. Like, it would be cool to get something that shows that to other players, you know, as like a badge of honor or whatever. And it's like, I don't think that they're entitled to that, but I guess I, I, I feel like I understand wanting that. Yeah. You know? and, and I'm not like hardwired into that, that whole skin thing. And, and that's, that's an entire side to this game that I don't have any business with. So I know that there sure. is a, you know, very fervent crowd in that. And I think that, you know, I guess this could piss them off for whatever reason i have no idea like it, it i don't know i didn't i can't really see negatives in this but obviously fourteen thousand reviews in one day speaks otherwise so yeah there are i will say there are uh two little other rinks wrinkles to this story that i don't think are really like uh, so just listen to this another a- angle of it right is that a, a bunch of the negative reviews came from people who had an issue with the way that they've changed prime matchmaking now uh, Prime matchmaking used to be limited to players who added a legitimate phone number to their accounts and had played enough to achieve rank 21. Mm-hmm. Now, anyone who bought the game before it became free to play has been allowed to join the Prime system. Oh, and some people are some people are pissed off so, about yeah, that. Yeah, I think well. that leads back to what I was saying about people being mad about having like maybe like what they consider noobs on their team or something, you know? Yeah, and but you're gonna hear that um, either way. It didn't matter, you know? I mean, like. 
it really didn't sure. matter. Like, that's something that every game, if you, if you have all the kills in the game, it doesn't matter. You're going to be called a fucking noob. So, <laughs> you know, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think uh, one other thing that's worth pointing out is that the same day, there were 7,000 positive reviews as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it had its peak concurrent players that it's been at all year. Well, there you go. See it. So, I jumped on it, and I definitely noticed it, you know? And I thought it was great, so... So yeah, as much as there's backlash, there's also a lot of new players and a lot of people that seem like they're really happy. So, you know, I think this too shall pass, you know. Yeah. But uh, overall, really interesting story and uh, interesting to see where it goes because I think CSGO having a Battle Royale mode could either be nothing or it could be a really big deal because the game's already really popular. And like Sean and I, I remember we did an episode uh, a couple a couple weeks ago where I think it was just us or maybe Thompson ducked out earlier. We were talking about how uh, PUBG is finally coming to PS4, which is actually starting like this week or whatever. And, uh, and how it might be too late. I think this and having all the other AAA developed, developed shooter games being like, we've got our own battle Royale. is like, it's not good for PUBG. Mm. <laughs> Even if only a fraction of those people go and play CSGO's one, like that's, Less less it's money in their coffers. A thousand so. tiny cuts on that game, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that it's free to play definitely helps. Uh, so moving right along, uh, Epic Games in the news a couple times this week, but the first one for uh, an interesting an interesting legal uh, battle that I, I'm I'm excited to talk about. So they're being sued uh, by rapper Two Millie. For the use of uh, the Millie Rock dance, which appears in one of his his videos uh, for Fortnite, and this is something that has actually been talked about uh, quite a bit with other people. I think he's just the first to really like seek legal action. Um, it's it's come up with uh, Donald Faison, who is most famous for playing Turk in Scrubs. He had like a dance in that show that's also been put in the. Uh, you know, in the in the game, and uh, a number of other rappers have like called out Fortnite for like swiping dances that are popularized in their videos, and then putting them in the game and profitizing off of them without giving them any credit or you know, obviously no uh, connection to the profit, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so. Like, this has definitely come up before, and I, I think most notably, uh, I wanted to read a, a tweet from Chance the Rapper, where I know this has gotten a ton of circulation and is referenced during this story a lot, where he says, Fortnite should put the actual rap songs behind the dances that make so much money as emotes. Black creatives created and popularized these dances and never monetized them. Imagine the money people are spending on these emotes being shared with the artists that made them. Um, and uh, so essentially, that's what this case is now about. Um, so Ferguson filed his complaint against Epic Games through his lawyers on December 5th in the U.S. District Court uh, for the Central District of California. And I, I did just want to say this is coming from the Polygon article I'll link to down below. Uh, the suit states that he's seeking injunctive relief and damages, including but not limited to Epic's pro profits attributed to its improper use of the Millie Rock and Ferguson's likeness. So essentially, they're arguing that, like, they're appropriating his likeness because he popularized the dance. Right. Um, and then uh, it's basically saying that it is. Uh, so this this was a, a part of the uh, the language of the 
I don't actually know like what this is called. Andy, you might be able to like fill in the blank here, but like when they actually like file the suit and it has like the description of like why they're making this case in the complaint. I guess sure. That is yeah. Um, so it says that it's uh, part of a larger pattern by the company of quote exploiting African American talent, in particular in Fortnite, by copying their dances and movements. And it lists um, the titty emote, which is similar to Snoop Dogg's "Drop It Like a Hot, Drop It Like It's Hot" dance. Uh, the fresh emote, which is similar to uh, Alfonso Roberto's Carlton dance from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and then um, there, there's just like a couple other examples. So, and like I said, there's there, Donald Fajon has tweeted about this and stuff. Uh, so this is this is something that's been, I think, kind of brewing under the surface for a while, and now there's like finally legal action being taken, and. Um, it's raised a lot of questions about like whether or not a dance like can really be uh, copyrighted or trademarked, you know? And, and I, I think that's an interesting question and it's one I never really thought about until now. Uh, so what do you guys think about, about this lawsuit and about, I guess the broader question of like what Fortnite's doing here? So I like, I don't know a ton about copyright law, but I know a little bit. Um, and there's this, there's this weird dichotomy between idea and expression where you can't copyright an idea, but you can copyright the expression of that idea, if it makes sense. It's like, um, you know how there's a billion off-brand monopolies? Yeah, sure. You can't copyright the rules to Monopoly, but you can copyright your rule book to Monopoly. And like the art and, and all that And the art stuff. and all that stuff. So, you know, it's actually a good comparison. I was talking about this last night with my girlfriend. It's like how the lawsuit over Captain Marvel, now known as Shazam, right? Like they were being sued for ripping off Superman. And the the basically the takeaway was like, you can't copyright the idea of like a caped superhero. Right. Because that's too broad. Right. But I don't, I don't feel like I know. I don't know if I agree that that applies to like a dance. Yeah, I, like I, I don't know what how that falls here but i i think that's the question oh no it's, it's it's interesting too because not only is it ambiguous if it's applying to the dance but it's also translated to a video game which you know if it was another person doing the dance in a different music video or something like that or you know it, it might be a little more clear to people but this is like going through another layer even so yeah. like i don't know how the law would translate to the game side of it uh it, it really does I think ask right now for me, at least more questions than I would have answers. And I'm like really interested to see where this goes because uh, I don't think it stops with a couple dances that have been, you know, like translated from real world scenarios. Right. Obviously like there are many expressions that are in, you know, like emotes are in like practically you know half the games you come out now. And a lot of them weren't just made up out of thin air. So, you know, there is going sure. to be, I think there's going to be some interesting points that come out of this. This is this is a tough one. Yeah. Um I I don't I don't know the the the, the legal element of it, so I'm not even going to try. But uh, I will say that I feel two ways about this because on one hand, World of Warcraft does this all the time. Uh, anyone who's ever played that game knows that if you type slash dance, you're going to do something that was not created oh, for yeah. World of Warcraft. Um it was someone else's dance that's popular elsewhere that they appropriated for the game and that's never been a problem i think part of 
part of why this is uh, an issue is because um, Fortnite sells these emotes. Yeah. And totally. It's not baked into the game. That's that's weird. You're you're taking someone else's you know dance moves or whatever and selling it uh and they're seeing no 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 compensation on that. Not even not even an acknowledgement that it was theirs. Right. Uh and then the other element that I think causes this to be an issue is that uh to Millie's black he him being black and him having created this thing uh and then not getting any credit for it it's it's it echoes a lot of uh situations like this that have happened in the past with sure. uh black creatives not getting um recognized for the things that they've done i mean fortnite is the biggest game in the world and these dances are now being done by kids all over the planet right and no one knows that it was created by this this random black dude, this this artist who, you know, I, I've read I've read mixed things. I've read that he actually didn't create the dance and that he actually took it from someone else, but he's the one who popularized it and named it. Uh, who knows, right? These things are so murky and weird. Um, and I'm sure that all his statements that he's ever made will be ripped to shreds uh, as they try to figure out the truth in this whole situation. Uh if he if he really is the creator and he really is the one who popularized it, then I feel bad for him. Do I think he's going to see money out of this? No, I don't because uh, it's a dance, and I'm not sure that you can copyright that. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think it's a little lame of Fortnite uh, of Epic to sell these emotes and to not even try to do anything right by the creators of these dances on any level. Yeah, and that is the thing that really bothers me because I think that's the line – Like, because I was thinking about this when this story first broke and I was really trying to think about like what do I – how do I feel about it, right? Like not just like my my gut reaction because my gut reaction is what – like you said, I think it's, it's really shady of Epic to do that. You know, of like even if – they're doing it in good faith of like, oh, we really like this dance or we like this song or whatever and we wanted to honor it by putting it in our video game. Fine. Why aren't you even like giving a nod to the creator, you know, or like, you know, like like tweeting about it or doing something that's like really like giving them some attention and being like, yeah, like this thing, you know, that you know from our game is this is where it's from, you know, like at the bare minimum, right? Like if, if it was a thing in good faith, I think they would be doing that. And it seems very motivated by the fact that these things make a ton of fucking money. And that's why they're doing it, right? And, like, great. But I, 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 like, I really do think you should be able to copyright a dance move. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, you know? Like, I don't, like, I think anybody can agree that dance is art, right? So, like, I don't see why you can't copyright a signature dance move right like in 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 the example that you gave andy right like to take it to just another broad art form right yeah you can't uh copyright a chord progression but you can copyright your song right and like if you have a song that you made up that goes to a or uh, sorry a dance that you made up that goes to a song you wrote or that you popularized in a video that you made or whatever 
I feel like you should totally be able to be like, this is mine. I created it and I own it. So I don't see, I don't see why that's any different. So the law does not agree with you. <laughs> um, it's whack, dude. You can, you like, can copyright. <laughs> the law agrees that dance is art and is copyrightable, but federal courts have consistently ruled. This is from a Wired article I pulled up. Uh, that only a series of dance moves and patterns that form a coherent whole work are copyrightable choreography. Uh, the analogy is uh, the entire choreography is copyrightable, but the the individual steps or moves are not. Um, another analogy would be like you can copyright a book, but you can't copyright a sentence. Yeah, that makes sense, especially because an individual dance move is something that any person could stumble upon. Yeah. Uh, but a specific set of moves in sequence, that's unlikely. Yeah. I think based yeah. on the publicity around this, um, Epic's probably going to want to settle and just like end it quickly. So he'll get some money out of it in exchange for dropping his suit and never talking about it again. Probably. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that this isn't the first time this has come up with Fortnite. People have been talking about this for a while already. That yeah, they yeah. definitely have taken a lot of dance moves from, you know, various different people and put it in their, their video game. I think we live in a time... Like, if World of Warcraft came out today, maybe people would say similar things. I think that um, people are more sensitive now to this thing than they were in 2004 or whatever when WoW came out. Um, but I definitely think it's shady, and I think the fact that they op- they openly and actively sell those is a big part of the problem. And I think they should just stop doing it. If you want, if you want to have cool dance moves in your video game, hire choreographers to come up with them for you. Don't just steal from what other people have done. Or just pay them. Like, they have enough money. Yeah. You know, like like Fortnite makes a ton of fucking money. They they we just we're gonna talk about it a little bit later. They they're launching the Epic Store. Like Epic is doing fine. Like if they want to put popularized dances in their games from pop culture, I think that's cool. Give them a fucking payday. Give them a paycheck. You know, like I I that seems like that seems like the right thing to do because like regardless at least in my mind right i i I think the the world of warcraft thing is totally different because i think you putting a nod to something in a game that's free is so different than you making thousands of dollars off of something that's with somebody else's idea you know and like that to me is the line in the sand that's why it's different the fact that i can look at a dance and be like oh that's the dance from scrubs that donald fasian made up and it's not from anything else, and it's only a thing that that's what it's from, and it's clearly that's what it's a nod to. That's fucked up. Like that's that that seems shitty to me. That like that nobody who like invented this thing and and made it a thing is seeing any kind of nod, recognition, paycheck, anything at all. Like that just seems totally wrong to me, especially when Fortnite makes as much money as it does. You know, like it's the biggest game in the world. It makes a billion dollars a month. Epic is doing great. They can afford to throw these guys a fucking paycheck for their intellectual property. That's my that's my two cents on it. You know. So I don't know. I'm interested to see where this goes. I think Andy's probably right, though. I don't think anything major is going to come of it. I think if anything, we'll probably see a settlement because, again, Epic's got a ton of money. And yeah. Yeah, even if the fuck do they care? Even if Tumili had the law on his side, which I don't think he does, he would lose 
when the Supreme Court decides a case it's going to decide in the next couple months about uh, when you have to register your copyright to sue for it. But that's a whole other story. I just that's like talking about the law. Yeah, he did. He did try to register the copyright shortly before the lawsuit, and I like that's a whole other thing to it as well. Yeah, there's. But well, you're allowed to do that in California right now. But, but what you're saying is you won't be able to do that. Yeah, soon. there's a case before the Supreme Court that they're probably going to say you can't do that. Right. Um, okay. So I. Either way, you know, I think it raised an interesting question, and it was something that I hadn't thought about, and I was, you know. I think it's it's worth discussing um, because I think, you know, like I, I'm not a Fortnite hater, but Fortnite certainly has enough money to not rip people off. Oh, absolutely. So that's, you know, I, I, I don't feel good about that. Uh, so moving along to more positive news, uh, we have a ton of really cool announcements to, to pour through here uh, from the Game Awards as well as the uh, Kind of Funny Game Showcase, which happened later that weekend. Um, and uh, we'll, we're going to kick it off with the Game Awards. Obviously, it happened first. And uh, it's got some of the big, big, juicy announcements that uh, I'm very excited to jump into with you guys. And I wanted to start with the games, right? Games are the most exciting part of all this. Uh, the first, like, big announcement that came out of the show was that uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is back. Yes. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black but, Order. But coming why? Ex- <laughs> coming exclusively to Nintendo Switch, no less. Published by Nintendo. Developed by Team Ninja. Coming out 2019. What do we think about this? Obviously, you're all excited, except Andy, maybe. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just confused. Sure. Hey, man, like, this is from a game series I never thought I'd see come back. And I just, I could care less if it's Switch exclusive, PS, whatever, Xbox, it doesn't matter. I just, the fact that somebody said, hey, let's do that, is fucking awesome to me. You know, I, I, I want this so much. <laughs> I, I'd spent money buying Ultimate Alliance 1 on Steam this year. Yeah. Um, I'm just, like... It's just baffling to me that this happened. It is baffling. Franchises I never thought would come yeah, back. It is baffling. <laughs> the same year we got Command and Conquer coming back, and then Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> Everything old is new again, yeah. baby. This the writing was on the wall for this as soon as um as soon as Marvel pulled the plug on Marvel Heroes. Um the as long as Marvel Heroes was a game, there was no way that this was ever gonna happen. Because it, there was, it was treading on the same ground. Um, but now that that game is gone, there's room for this. There's plenty of reasons to be excited. The biggest thing that jumped out to me when I watched this trailer was that the X-Men are in it. Yeah. Motherfucking Wolverine! Like yeah, dude! Old school X-Men, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so it seems like, you know, I, I guess with the Fox deal looming, that, like... You know, dust is settled on this shit, and we're we're good to go here again. Which is interesting because the Fox deal obviously is a is a more recent development, and who knows how long this game has been uh, being worked on. But uh, it's a really really good sign that this does have at, at least at least Wolverine we saw, and we did see the Sentinels. So that that gives me the impression that there's more to come. I really 
don't understand why this game has uh, X-Men in it and a game that came out literally a year before doesn't have any X-Men. And, of course, I'm referring to Marvel um, versus Capcom Infinite. Yeah. Very, very weird. Um, Well, I I think it's probably just because, and, you know, speculation, obviously, but this game, like, even if they had been working on it for, like, the last, like, year or two, right? Like, and the Fox deal went through or whatever, and they got the word, hey, we're good to use the X-Men now. The only, like, that could have been added the most recent, that could have been the most recent batch of characters or whatever, you know? And, like, all they needed to do was show Wolverine once in this trailer and put him in an image to show they're in it. Yeah. That's, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, That's very fair. It's not like when you have to develop a fighting game character and balance them and, you know, like yeah, that's more involved. You could have you could have put him as DLC. It's just it's just weird and especially since that that's a major thing that killed that game. S- strange. Yeah, but, for um, sure. Huge turn off for me on that. Yep. Uh the fact that it's exclusive to Nintendo Switch, that was a little bit of a head scratcher. I get the logic Nintendo Switch is obviously doing incredibly well. Why would you not want to have something represented on there? Um it's not my personal want i'd want i want to play this on the playstation but hey um it's i'm gonna play it regardless so so here's my thinking behind the switch exclusivity um switch isn't getting the square enix crystal dynamics um avengers game right uh nintendo probably threw them some money to be like hey make this switch exclusive oh they definitely did i mean right like they're publishing it yeah, yeah. Uh, this game might not have happened without Nintendo's involvement, and like, frankly, you can get away with how not great the graphics look if it's a Switch exclusive. That and you can if it's on the bigger platforms. Not to mention, like, the Switch is also a console that people think of as a destination for multiplayer gaming. Like, how many people do you know? Like, to your point, Sean, right? If you wanted to play it on PS4, I know personally, I I don't have four PlayStation Four controllers. And granted, you have friends, you tell them to bring their own controller or whatever, it's not a big deal. But, like, almost everyone I know who owns a Nintendo Switch has an extra set of Joy-Cons and therefore has enough controllers for four people to sit down and play this game. Something tells me that wasn't in consideration when they were deciding. (laughs) No, I'm just saying I think it's a good fit. Sure, of course. You know? It's fine. It's just I'd, I'd rather play it elsewhere. And that's that's legit. I I think this um, is the first time that I've seen a game on Switch that I feel like I would rather have it somewhere else because I almost always say like, oh, cool, you know, why not on the Switch? Or it's awesome it's on the Switch. But this really is like I kind of agree. I I actually do feel like I'd re- rather have this on the PS4. But like, hey, that's my only problem. You know, that's it. That's nothing. You know. Yeah. I I also uh, kind of wish that they had been a little more clear about the fact that this is multiplayer um a few of my friends actually hit me up and said is is this so is this a solo player game like or is this multiplayer because they only show you actually in multiplayer in a multiplayer environment one time in the trailer and you know you're watching a trailer just during the video game awards you see it once you're not putting all the pieces together i think yeah. They could have shown that more, especially since that is the big draw of Mo- of Ultimate Alliance is that you play with your friends. But 
in in general, I actually thought it was a really, really, really bad trailer. Um, oh yeah, just be just because like it literally didn't even say in it that Team Ninja was the developer. Right, yeah. like that came out because Jeff Keeley tweeted it. He's like, oh, by the way. Like, that game, developed by Team Ninja, which is cool or whatever, but it's like, if you were just watching the Game Awards, or you just saw the trailer, there's no, nowhere else does it say that Team Ninja is the developer of this game. Right. It's fucking weird. It weird. Hype, though. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool announcement. I, I'm famously not a big fan of the first two games, but Team Ninja, not you even know. the first one? They, Jesus. The, the first one's fine. I like the first one just okay. fine. Right. I I much preferred the X Men Legends games that came before them. That's really Ooh. my hell with those. I thought I thought those were better. Um, but Team Ninja knows how to make a hack and slash. Uh, so I feel like the chances of this being good are very high. So yeah, one to look forward to for sure. Uh, and then we got an announcement that I'm really excited for. We got uh the reveal after it had already been leaked early of uh, Far Cry New Dawn which is coming out on February 15th. It's uh, similar to Far Cry Primal, where it's a new Far Cry game built uh, in the Far Cry 5 engine. And it's actually a uh, direct sequel to the end of Far Cry 5. Remember, if you guys remember, when I finished it, I spoiled it for you because I was so pissed off about it. And I told you guys about the whole, like, spoilers for Far Cry 5 real quick, okay? Skip ahead if you don't want them. Um, There's, like, a whole nuclear apocalypse scenario thing. Mm -hmm. And this game picks up after that. Right. And uh, it's kind of looks like it's like, all right, what if we did Far Cry, but in the world of Fallout? <laughs> and I'm all about that, man. I'm so in for this. I think it looks the cover art's a little weird, but like the game itself looks great. I think as a Far Cry fan. Well, I am almost positive it's going to be fun. And you know how I feel about nuclear apocalypses. So, um, you know, I like both you know, the ideas of it put together and Far Cry 5 was fucking awesome. So yeah. And that engine is yeah, great. Like, yeah. It looks great. It plays great. It's like, like, to me, it's really cool because, you know, I didn't really like primal that much, but I think with something like this, it's going to be really neat that they have time to, you know, play with the engine more, tweak it more. You know, the lighting was so fucking great in the first, you know, set. It's like, I can only imagine like how they're going to use the color palette for like an irradiated hellhole, you know? Yeah, and they did the three DLC stories as well, yeah, which yeah. I think also obviously helped them like work with the tools and build out more content. So I feel like this game is going to come out and be really polished. That's my hope. Yeah, um, I mean, it certainly looks like a competent Far Cry game, which means that I almost certainly won't play it, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> cool, Pete and I will probably play it, and there you go. Yeah, you guys will have fun, and I'll be yeah. happy for you. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so next up, uh, and again, this is just like, this is just our picks. Like these are the games that I am highlighting as the ones I felt were important. So if you need the full coverage, you should have watched the game awards. Uh, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> uh what? It was a good show this year. I liked rough, it. <laughs> so, uh, the next game from super giant games, who you might know as the team behind bastion and transition, uh, transistor is, uh, coming out. It's called Hades looks very similar to their style. It looks of, super you know, cool. And it's available in early access on Steam right now. So if you if you want to check Epic it out, Epic Store exclusive. Oh, is it Epic Store exclusive? I believe it is. Oh, I'm, I might have messed sure that up. I'm if sorry. It's on Steam because I probably yeah no got it's, it's it, Epic exclusive. <laughs> Let's double check. 
That is an Epic Store exclusive, which we are going to be talking about later in our main topic. Um, so that's really cool. It does look tight. I love super giant games. Uh, Bastion's great. Transistor's super fun. Yes. Uh, they're... Yes. Yeah. I didn't know you play Transistor. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really good at, like, <laughs> absolutely nailing an aesthetic. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Holy crap, they are. And this game, from two seconds in the trailer, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, yep. that's what I want. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it looks like a really sharp game, and I've never really played any of their... Like, I played a little bit of Bastion once. The kid only played a little bit was, of Bastion. If you got to play Transistor, so, you would... You would oh, yeah, love you'd fucking love Transistor. It's... Yeah? Cyberpunk it's pop so star adventure. It's so much oh. your game. Yep. You sold yeah. me. <laughs> and I didn't even think it was going to be that good, and my girlfriend got it, and, like, what a surprise. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> that game was such a surprise to me. Cool. Yeah, I. you know what? Maybe we'll have to dig uh, dig one or two of these out over on Pals Play and uh, in the lead-up to I've Hades. <laughs> cool. Sweet. I'd love to try it. Uh, so then there was also the announcement of a game called Ancestors, which I, I think it had been teased a while ago. I think I remember hearing about this game, like, in previews. But it's. Did you guys see this? It's super interesting. Game looks so. That game looks so dumb. I feel like. I feel like it's such a like weird fucking idea, and like the the chances of it being good seem very slim. Spore vibes in a bad way. Actually, I think <laughs> I missed this one. I'm looking at a couple pictures of it's it, like, and it does not look familiar to me. It's like you play as like uh, basically every. I think the pictures that you play is every different phase of pre-man. Oh, see, that's right up my alley. Like, I'm probably, even if it's shit, I'm probably going to play the hell out of this game. <laughs> I, I love I love these, like, you know, spore-like experiences or whatever you want to call them. You know, any, anything like that, you know. Um, it's it's weird. And from looking at it right now, it looks interesting. But I, I'm probably going to dig this. <laughs> Yeah. There's there was an element here that I thought was cool. I love the idea of like the actual idea of playing through time, mm-hmm. you know, like year, years yeah, yeah. and years passing. Um I don't think that what they showcased is for me. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of being able to like do something in the past that affects the future and and see yeah. that play out, mm-hmm. but not like this. There was an RPG I played a bit ago, and I I wish I could remember it. But same idea, like you're a hero, and and it's like a 300 time year span, and every one of your heroes has children for the next hero, and essentially what you're doing is grooming the next class every time. It's Rogue Legacy. Well, I mean, yeah, but like this was like a <laughs> not that obviously. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and like that concept was always great, but that game, whatever the heck his name was, um. You know, it was okay. It was whatever. So anything that can apply that, I'm I'm into. You know. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it turns out. I I like the idea. I don't know how it's gonna be as an actual game though. The lead on that was the lead on the first two Assassin's Creed games, right? Really? Yes. That's that's his new game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You mean like the when you see the first two? Do you mean like the first of the Ezio trilogy? No, Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Which Assassin's Creed Two was really good. Yeah. So. And yeah, I, I remember him talking about this like years ago. Um, this is the first we've actually seen of it, I think. Uh, then there was a new trailer for Anthem, and eh. man, dude, <laughs> I I tweeted I t- I tweeted about it, and like I think this trailer like finally really just cemented it for me of just like I don't I don't think I'm gonna like Anthem at all, 
And I'm really sad about that because I love Bioware and I want to care about this game and this world so much. But it just feels like bland. It feels like it feels very much like Destiny to me. Like and not just in gameplay, but like in environment. Like everybody's in these suits and like there's not going to be like. I don't know, like, there's NPCs, you can interact with them, but it's, like, they're not going to be on missions with you and stuff, and it's, like, there's no romance options, and it's, like, just feels like it's, like, not a Bioware game, and I just, it's not what I want. We we talked about Bioware, Andy and I did, last week on the show, and um, I said it, and he said it as well, the game's called Anthem. Like, that's extremely generic. <laughs> it's yeah. It just, everything about this game screams generic destiny clone as much as they don't want people to feel that way that's how it comes across i have no desire to play this game Co- dude I, I coming from me i i can't not be in power armor and fallout i love mechs i love every sci-fi thing I, this game has nothing for me i have no idea it's like it's got everything i like in it you know but like it doesn't have anything i want to play <laughs> i don't know how to explain that better it's a bummer yeah it really is man because it's like there are things about it that I think are interesting, but there's so much about it where it's just like the gameplay doesn't really seem like it's going to be super appealing. And like, honestly, as much as I love Bioware, the gameplay is rarely the thing on their games that sells me anyway. It's the story. It's the characters. It's the dialogue options. It's having choices that have weight. Yeah. You know? For a Bioware game especially. You know, you get into that because you want to learn your friends and you want to have that grand adventure with them and you want to learn the nuances of stuff about them and even i don't care even if there wasn't npcs in this you could remove that but then you go to the gameplay of it and like you said like i, I don't really see much besides the destiny clone here you know and and then the armor it's like that's cool but like titanfall and other stuff exists and you know it's like we've seen this i don't know how to explain it like it's got all the ingredients but it's so nothing <laughs> yeah it's just like both dragon age and mass effect as worlds feel unique and distinct even when they borrow from other things and this just feels like yeah i don't and i'm don't know why i can't get into it but i like i said i really should be into this and i'm not so and it's like i still i still kind of want to give it a shot just to maybe we'll go happy on it (laughs) i'd be i'd be down to try because like i really want to try i feel bad saying this is gonna suck and obviously we haven't played it but it but I'm just not excited not either. for it, and that sucks. And that we're sucks. huge Bioware fans. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're they're arguably my favorite I mean, developer. You, you turned my like, opinions around on Mass Effect Three. That's that's hard to do, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I feel like I'm I'm committed to the company, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we did have a tease from Bioware for something that I'm very excited oh, about, which is the return of Dragon Age. Which I think you guys talked about last week on the show, right? Um, yep. yep. Not much to it. It's, you know, it was a very short kind of sizzle trailer. It seemed to have a nod to Meredith from Dragon Age 2. Uh, we had the hashtag the Dreadwolf Rises, which is obviously a nod to Solus from Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, so, favorite, seems really favorite cool. guy from that game. <laughs> yeah, I, want, I wonder hey, why. Man, I had that name before that game. <laughs> For years. I got from <laughs> you, a different you game. Did. <laughs> Uh, you sure did. Um, but then the, the thing that was really interesting about this to me was that uh, Bioware followed up with a blog post from Mark Dara uh, over on, you know, the Bioware blog. It was so much more informative than the trailer. <laughs> it was way more informative than the trailer. And, and they just said they, they said a lot of things that made me really excited and, and really 
made me hope that this is going to be the game that brings brings us back. So I did just want to read this real quick. They said, hey, everyone, we've been working on a new Dragon Age game for quite a while now, and I am pleased to finally tease the existence of this project. While we won't be sharing any details for now, I can tell you that we have been building a new team around a core of Dragon Age veterans, people I've worked with on Dragon Age, Jade Empire, and some of whom I've worked with since the Baldur's Gate days. While I have been focused on Anthem, the rest of the team has been hard at work exploring new ways to push Bioware storytelling to the next level. I'm so excited to show you more. Mark Dara. And then there's also a, a thing from um, Matthew Goldman, who's the creative director. He says, Making players into heroes of, in their own stories has been my real-life quest since Baldur's Gate. Over the years, I've taken on increasing challenges, building vast living worlds, devising fun party-based combat, and illustrating fantastic stories. Now I'm honored and excited to continue Bioware's rich legacy of colorful companions, romance, and epic choices in my favorite fantasy franchise. We've gathered our strongest team yet and are venturing forth on the most epic quest ever. Don't let me down, boys! Pete, they have people from Baldur's Gate. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> Just, Is it? I yes. have faith. I have faith. I have faith, Andy. Don't don't sow seeds of doubt. It will be okay? fine. I've already accepted that anthemism for me. I want Dragon Age to be good again. Okay? That's all I want. Hey, That's all I want. Dragon Age took big steps forward in uh, 3 from where it was at 2. So if they can make similar steps forward here. It might be almost as good as Origins. <laughs> one day. One day. But there are a ton of other hype announcements that don't have any any seedlings of sadness that I have to sow within myself. Like Crash Team Motherfucking Racing Remastered. Let's go, boys. I called it. The faithful are rewarded. You're going to play it and it's not going to be as good as you remember. No, because that's false, because it's exactly as good as I remember, because it's a goddamn bona fide classic, Andy Brown, and we're going to boot it up, and you and your smug ass are going to enjoy it. I think Andy's trying to take the crown back for uh, Hype Slayer today. I mean, I feel like there's a certain amount of uh, slaying going on. <laughs> You're trying to smash uh, his fun for Crash Team Racing. He says that's well, the Mario best Kart racer. 8 exists. He says it's the best well, racer. Why would you need another one? <laughs> exactly. Because there you go. Why do you need a, a new one, Pete? Forget Mario Kart 8. <laughs> We're never playing it again in my house. Crash Team Racing. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about, actually. Um, to quote our good friend Anthony Spazkarin, how does it feel to be so wrong? <laughs> I am on the right side of history, okay? Listen, this game is phenomenal, and I'm so happy that it's coming back. As much as I hoped and prayed for it, never thought that we'd actually get a Crash Team Racing remaster. But here we are. The world didn't need one. 2018, Andy! Listen, alright? 2017, phenomenal year. 2018, phenomenal year. 2019, phenomenal year. Let's go. See, I I don't know if I can agree with that. Because there's going to be a Crash Team Racing remaster in 2019. Get out of my house! Get out of my fucking virtual face, Andy! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, if you two will stop yelling at each other, uh, this this game like it looks really cool. Um, I don't have any history with the original Crash Team Racing. Um, my girlfriend doesn't know anything about Crash Team Racing or any of these conversations or whatever. She looked at this and said, "Oh my god, I need to play this." Hmm. You know, like. This she loves racing games. It looks fun. It, it has all of the the things that 
seem to make Mario Kart cool. Like it has the the items and things like that that you know and love. Uh, and then it has all the cool Crash characters. So it's a no brainer. I'm really glad this game is coming out actually, and I can't wait to get it and play it. The real thing for me is the one way that they can improve it is like just give me some Spyro DLC. Put Spyro in as a racer in this game, and I'll be happy as a, as a clam. Yeah, this. yeah I, I kind of wish it was just a new game altogether. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would have been cool to do that, but I, as someone who has nostalgia for the original, I'm glad that they're doing a remaster, because I think if it's good, we'll get a new one, just like we're getting a new Crash. Is that confirmed, by the way? I don't recall. That is. That is confirmed. Cool. Yeah, the, the team that did the remaster is doing a new original crash in that engine and on the way. Awesome. Uh, so next up, I think, is the game that I want to say almost everybody is was the most excited to finally get to see, which is Obsidian's brand new game, The Outer Worlds, which looks like... Oh, baby. Oh, my God. This game looks so cool. Like, the aesthetic, the environments, like... It looks it looks like everything you want about Fallout, but in space. You see, Hell like yeah. that that little bit in the beginning, how it says like from the makers of Fallout New Vegas and everything. I've just seen so many variations of that where it's just like, hey, but that's not, <laughs> I guess. So. Well, I thought it was I thought it was funny because they were like from the original creators of yeah. Fallout and the developers of Fallout right. New Vegas. So it's like the good ones. Yeah, quote, okay? yeah. The good, I mean, yeah, seriously, I mean, like biggest Fallout fan in the world here, and New Vegas is still like easily my favorite one you know and the moment they had you know it's like i see obsidian make a game and i'm on you know i mean there's there's nothing they could do that i i mean sure they could fuck something up right don't get me wrong everyone could fuck something up but i'm saying it's one of those things that you know you see a blizzard game if you're into them you're you know you're in you see a nintendo game mario whatever that's with me with obsidian man like they are my bread and butter (laughs) so this is fucking great you know they just make good rpgs man so I think this looks incredible. Can't wait to get my hands on it. Definitely shot up to one of my most anticipated games. Oh, for sure. I'm just real big on um, everything about this. I think uh, Sean and I talked a little bit about it last week, but I'm way into the like retro futurism 50s sci-fi aesthetic and everything about this trailer spoke. Yeah, hard agree on that. Sean, what did you think about it? You know, I I wanted to care, especially because of what Andy and I talked about last week. I don't, I just wasn't immediately sold. I feel like I need to see more. I told him, and I'll say it again, I'm wanting to play an Obsidian game because I haven't since uh, Knights of the Old Republic Part Two, and um, I really want to give them a shot. This reminded me of, I guess, like Bioshock in in a way. Sure. Um, and that's cool. I love Bioshock, so we'll see. I'm I'm down to I'm down to pay attention and see if it grabs me. And if it does, I'll happily play it. But as of right now, I didn't see anything that grabbed me. Cool. Well, hopefully, hopefully the next one get does it for you. Uh, so then we also got the announcement of a game that I'm not necessarily excited for, but I just thought was interesting to talk about is uh, the Last Campfire. It's called the Short from Hello Games, who are the developers behind No Man's Sky. Uh, so, just looks like a kind of small little story-driven indie title. Uh, but I thought it was just interesting to call out because of how the narrative around Hello Games has really changed over the last year, and it's it's 
interesting because I think a lot of people had this opinion that they were never going to be able to make another game again. And the way that, to see the way that they've salvaged No Man's Sky, and now they're like, hey, here's our next game. It's small. It's it's you know like a a, a tight project that will probably be light on development resources and hopefully will you know garner some good press. Uh, it seems like they're making the right moves for a comeback. So good luck. Uh, then there was also the announcement of Mortal Kombat 11 getting its global yeah. launch on April 23rd. Yep. And the way they announced that was hot. I don't know. I think Andy was the only other one who watched the show live. No, I watched it live. Oh, you watched the whole thing too, Sean? Yeah. So did you – like, so they had fucking Ed Boon come out and be like, I'm going to announce best sports game. And then it's like, JK, here's the trailer for Mortal Kombat 11. Anyone who fell for that, man, like, come on. You got to know Ed Boon by now. There was no way that that's what he was going to do. <laughs> I saw him yeah. come on stage. I'm like, okay, Mortal Kombat. He started talking all that bullshit. I'm like, okay, Mortal Kombat. It, there's there's no way it wasn't going to be at Mortal Kombat, especially because we've been talking about the arrival of this game for so long now. You're not going to get Ed Boon on that stage and have him just talk about sports games. Come on. He's the master troll. Go to his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but imagine if they had. That would be even more more trolly, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Some next level shit. That would have been well. Hilarious. That would be that would be like anger inducing. Oh, of course. Trolly. Of course. <laughs> but looks great, you know. Solid trailer. Uh, I, I love Mortal Kombat. I can't wait for eleven. Like I missed ten, but nine was I loved and played the shit out of. So I'm totally ready for for another Mortal Kombat game. Nine and ten were both crazy good. Um. I don't play Mortal Kombat on a competitive level. Like I don't, I don't um, take them seriously anymore. But they're very, they're very, very good games. Oh, Especially yeah. since you know, I think everybody knows that Mortal Kombat went through a, a very down period. One of the biggest success stories in gaming, as far as I'm concerned, a, a, a relic of the '90s. You know, like I think most people probably thought yeah. like that it would just fall off, and it's one of the biggest. Gaming for you know, fighting game franchises in gaming. Uh, so this was this is cool. I thought the trailer was weak though. Uh, the music was really, really awful. That was um, so atonal, yeah. Yeah, that that was bad. And then, um, I don't know, the fighting was the fighting, it's fine. It was very violent. Uh, yeah, I did. I watched on Twitch. Did this air on television? I don't think so. No, I don't think the Game Awards is on TV anymore. Yeah, they okay, used to cool. be on Spike TV, but Spike TV died. <laughs> right, because I was like, man, this is kind of graphic for regular TV. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was just more happy to see the confirmation of, okay, it's coming, and didn't really care so much for the actual trailer. Honestly, I think you're right. Like, I said it was a great trailer. I think it was more that I was just really excited. Sure. You know, like, it was just like, oh, I fucking love Mortal Kombat. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know? Like, I I'm right there with you, man. Like, the trailer was a trailer. You know, I didn't care at that point. Just the fact that I was getting a new Mortal Kombat was great. You know, it's just... I think I missed 10 also. Maybe, like, I played a little bit with one of our friends, but the last one I really sunk my teeth into was 9, and that was... I literally don't even know if I ever touched 10. I think 10 had, like, Alien or something in it. <laughs> did it? I think so. I don't know. We played the shit out of 9. Oh, though. we did, yeah. And I And I, and I made it. a couple of friends really mad, and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> sure did. I hate to hype slay, but as someone who Here doesn't care about Mortal Kombat, that trailer did not make me care about Mortal Kombat. 
Because it's not supposed to. It's yeah. not for you. Exactly. Get over it. <laughs> that's, that's fine. This is, the, this is the 11th game in the franchise. Yeah. If you don't like Mortal Kombat, <laughs> that's fine. But I just think In a Vacuum, it wasn't a very good trailer. No, no one yeah, on this podcast said it was good. <laughs> it sucked. Yeah. But if you like Mortal Kombat, it is what it is. I'm just hyped. I just want to play Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then Psychonauts 2 coming in 2019. That was so weird. Just, cause just getting the confirmation? Not not the confirmation so much as how it feels like it hasn't, like, missed a beat since, like, Psychonauts came out, what, like, 16 years ago now? Jesus yeah, Christ, like, yeah. literally Xbox One, like, the original Xbox game. Yeah, like, it, it's just so weird how it feels like it's picking up, like, right after that. Like, okay, we know everyone who's, you know, interested in this at all has played the first one. Let's just go. And yeah. I'm into it. I love the first game. But it is kind of weird that it's, like, picking up that close after, you know. Like, it feels that tightly knit with a game that's that old. Sure. Yeah, it is. It is kind of strange. It's cool that they're finally getting to do it, though. I know it's been, like, something that people have been clamoring for for forever. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm happy for those Psychonauts fans out there. Uh, Then we get a new trailer for the open world aspects of Rage 2. I know a lot of people are still really lukewarm on this game, but I'm definitely one of the people that are in the camp of, I think it looks really cool. I'm not super into, like, necessarily, like, the all of the aspects of the world and the aesthetic, but, like, just the gameplay looks so tight. Like, visceral, it reminds me of Bioshock with all the powers and, like, the gunplay, and it just seems like a a game that I'm going to have fun getting in and just, like, causing some mayhem, you know? You didn't play the first one then, I guess? No, no, I never played Rage. I, I remember hearing that, like, the mechanics were good, but the story was, like, whatever. In my eyes, it was almost non-existent as far as storyline goes. I don't remember a single thing about the story. But game was very fun, you know? And it was a fun romp. I think we picked it up for, like, 15 bucks or 10 bucks at one night, and we were just like, let's just blast through this game. There yeah. you go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Rage 2. I hope it comes together. Uh, I'm, I'm still holding out hope for it. I don't think that game looks good at all. You're not alone. Not alone at all. Yeah. A lot of people not into the aesthetic, not into the the pitch. I get it. Yep. Yes. I feel like it looks like it looks like Mad Max and like Borderlandsy, but like I don't like Borderlands, so I'm hoping that this will be like I don't What if Borderlands spoke to Pete? I don't understand how you don't like Borderlands. I know we've talked about it before. Yeah, that really still baffles yeah. me, man. <laughs> Just doesn't just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Uh, but then biggest announcement of the night, in my opinion, anyway, Joker from Persona Five coming to motherfucking Smash Brothers, and then first Challenger Pack as DLC. Who who would have guessed this one? Who would have guessed this? None other yeah, than Andy, Andy Brown, would. of course. <laughs> Been saying this forever. Uh, yeah, um, and it's you know it sucks when you're right, but you're right. <laughs> it does suck when i'm right um i'm so hyped for it i think that it's really interesting that sakurai said nintendo came to him with a list of characters and said like these are who you can put as the dlc figure it out i'm so glad he told us that because it's become such an interesting like argument of like is persona 5 coming to the switch who knows i hope i hope so persona 5 crimson make it happen let's go like, let's rock and roll. I think Joker will be a fun addition to the the Smash Bros. roster. Um, I think the idea of Kirby and a little 
mask and maybe a like trench coat. <laughs> so actually, that's really that fucking funny. so adorable. <laughs> I I was thinking during the show, like, man, I get that Smash, you know, is on the way out and stuff, but I wish there was something they could have some kind of representation here. And then this happened. I was like, whoa, like totally unexpected. Um, I'm glad that we now know what the first DLC character will be. Um, I don't have a connection to Persona. I definitely thought of Andy when I saw this. Yeah. It did make me think, though, that if this is what they led with, this is probably like one of the bigger announcements that they have for this first pack. Um, which makes me feel like, okay, so probably things that I'm looking forward to maybe won't be represented. But who knows? On the other hand, what if this is like the tamer one and that's where this is like the baseline and they're going to build up to, we got Banjo, which is what everybody wants to hear. To be fair, they did do that with uh, with the Wii U Smash because they first announced, I believe, if I'm correct, it was uh, Mewtwo and Lucas and uh-huh. then it was Ryu, Bayonetta, Cloud. So it, it got crazier as we went along. The, the yeah. idea that this yeah. game can get crazier is like phenomenal to me. Because like, I haven't, like yeah. I said, I haven't played it yet, and it's like you, there's there's so much in this game that like you guys are saying it feels overwhelming. And the fact that you're getting DLC stuff that has fucking Joker in it, it's like I don't have a Persona connection, but I know that how strong of a game that is. And that's insane, you know? That's crazy to me. I, I'm, i like, just baffled. I have... I don't even have anything I want in this game anymore. <laughs> like, seriously, there's, like, nothing I want in this. I feel like it's already there. So anything at this point is just icing, you know? Sakurai's just bleeding on the page for us at this yeah. point. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, you know, I, th- I think Joker's a great pick. Like, obviously, I you know, I played the first 20 hours of Persona and had fun with it. I wanted to come to Switch so I can actually finish it. Um... But I think this is just a great pick because Persona is obviously a storied RPG franchise. Atlas has a, a long-running relationship with Nintendo, uh, and you know he's a place currently at least a PlayStation exclusive character. So all of those things are like it's both a perfect match and one that was like totally out of left field. So it's like it, it's really cool, and I, I hope that Andy's right that this is the smallest announcement and that we're going to get more hype from here. Cause I think, I think that makes sense. Uh, I don't think you're going to lead with like the most exciting one you have, you know, they have to end off with something like fucking Kratos or some shit for the, you know what I mean? <laughs> like seriously, like I, I have no idea how you're going to beat that, you know, <laughs> banjo, banjo, you really banjo. think does that, I mean, I don't have that connection to banjo, but you think that there's that much fervence behind banjo. I do. I think people Damn. would lose it. <laughs> look at look at the listing of, of characters that people have wanted for for Smash and to see Banjo right yeah, up there. Yeah. I think bigger than bigger than Banjo would be Crash by far. Um sure. but, that one, yeah. but yeah. I think Crash would be like a much better pick than Banjo too, if only because Crash is actually relevant. Yeah. With the new team. Yeah, he's he's experiencing a renaissance yeah. right now. I, I would say that there is no character that is currently relevant that they could add that would be more hype than Grash. I really, I really don't think so. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably with you. I think so. Either way, though, uh, I really excited about this announcement, and I, I thought it was a great way to cap off the show. It blew my fucking hair back. I gotta say, 
Like, that was such a cool announcement. And I, I was, like, literally sent out, like, six tweets in all caps and was, like, tagging Andy. Just like, where are you? And then Andy calls me and he's like, the stream gave out right as this was starting. Is this real? Like, is this a thing that actually happened? I was like, yes! Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. That's There's going to so be a Joker amiibo, Andy! I love a it. Joker amiibo! No Joker amiibo. Kirby's going to use a persona. Wild. Wild. What a time to be alive, boys. Also, Nintendo, if you're out there and you're listening to our podcast for some reason, you could print a billion dollars if you made an amiibo of Kirby as every other Smash Fighter. Of course. Don't give them that fucking idea. Don't do that The to fact me. that they haven't done it is... Mm. <laughs> it's a little weird. Stop. Just stop. Okay. So, <laughs> before we get out of our, our Game Awards conversation, I did just want to quickly go through uh, the winners of the most significant categories... Uh, so best RPG went to Monster Hunter World. Fine. Big okay. disappoint. Yeah. I played that game and it did not deserve to win best RPG. Come on, I don't know about that one. Uh, best narrative went to Red Dead Redemption Two. Not a huge surprise. Uh, best score slash music and best audio design both went to Red Dead Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption Two. Excuse me. Uh, I thought that was criminal. Like Celeste definitely deserved best soundtrack. Let's be real. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that you're uh, so hype about you know Red Dead and, and you're, you're actually willing to say that. <laughs> I love Celeste and Red Dead. They're both excellent games. Celeste has a better soundtrack. Really? Um, uh, maybe I'll give them audio design. Audio design in Red Dead's real cool. But uh, Best art direction went to The Return of Obra Dinn. No idea what that That's, game is. We talked That's about Andy's this game. last time you were on the show. Um, I, I, that was the game you said that you thought was like the really good indie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so cool. I fucking love that game. Um, it absolutely, I think, deserved that. Uh, the art direction's real cool. It looks like well, I'm, like an old school well, PC game. Well, I'm glad I got the nod then. Yeah. Uh, best debut indie game went to the Messenger, uh, which is cool. Messenger is obviously a hot game this year. Uh, best fighting game went to Dragon Ball Fighters. Well deserved, I think. Damn, right? Indeed. Very proud of that. Yeah, and that game had a... Not only was it a great game, it had a huge year. You know, people were real hype about it. It was a big deal at Evo, so glad to see you get the get the nod. Um, where to leave off? Uh, best independent game went to Celeste. Hell yes. That's why I didn't win the um, other one, <laughs> the audio design. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Much deserved. It also won uh, Games for Impact, which is cool, beating out Life is Strange 2. So a little sad about that, but hey. What is, what is Games for Impact? Games for Impact is like the one that's like this is the game that had did the best job of like telling a story that's representative of like serious emotions or social issues or like it's basically like best like indie game that tugged at your heartstrings award. Okay. Like previous winners have been like that Dragon Cancer and like, you know, like that sort of game, you know? Uh so then we also had best game direction and best action adventure game going to God of War. Uh, not a huge surprise there. That's pretty cool. Um, really, really sad that Spider-Man didn't pick up action adventure because I thought that was the one category you might win out on, but not so much. <laughs> uh, best multiplayer and ongoing game both went to Fortnite, surprising no one. Of course. Uh, and then game of the year, God of War. Surprising. Seeing how many other ones that Red, Red Dead Redemption won, I really thought it, that, like, the hype was gonna, like, take it. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, I uh, guess it won. So, no, like, best work. game direction is like a very overall idea, you know. 
game of the yeah. year too. Yeah, you know, I don't. Not unheard yeah, of. Not unheard. Yeah, of. that's for sure. So well deserved, I think, all around. I think you know, it's really great contenders this year. And uh, I did just real quick. I know again, Andy and Sean, you watched the show like I did. Uh, I did just want to real quick just go through like our overall thoughts on the show itself, and if there are any standout moments for you guys. Uh, I thought the show was really good. Like this is the first time I've watched the Game Awards live in a while, and I thought that the pacing was really good. And I thought that uh, Jeff Keighley did a great job responding to some of the criticism of previous years. There weren't a lot of intrusive ads. There was only like one or two ad breaks. I felt like it was way more focused on like trailers, trailers, announcements, like hype moments. Like they did a good job of like getting through a lot of the awards that were the minor awards quickly and being like, okay, this one, then this one, then this one, and like not wasting time on stuff that wasn't worth watching and as we just went through there were a ton of great announcements i thought a lot of games i'm really excited for and things that i'm looking forward to so those are all cool um and then in terms of like big moments i thought reggie sean Layden, and phil spencer all coming out on the stage together at the beginning was really hype yeah that was legit <clears throat> um uh i i just remember having the thought of like man Every one of these motherfuckers must owe Jeff Keighley like a kidney or something, you know? <laughs> well, they don't call him Jeff Kidneys for nothing. <laughs> uh, and then, like, Hans Zimmer leading the fucking Game Awards Orchestra, yeah, really. where they where they played the original song, and then that, like, fucking hype-ass medley of all of the, like, songs from the big games for the soundtrack award. Like, it was just cool as hell. It was like, the production was great. Uh, and then just the last one I wanted to call out was when Sonic Fox won uh, the best like gaming personality, uh, trending gamer thing. And uh, and he just came out and was just like, everybody was like tweeting shit about him or whatever. It was just like, oh, God, we've got a furry or whatever. And he's like, yo, whatever. Like, I'm black, I'm gay, I'm a furry, and fuck Republicans. Yeah. And I was just like, this guy's awesome. And I love how like the opinion immediately turned on him was everyone was like, you know what? This guy's kind of a Yeah, there you go, right? Like, whatever. <laughs> it just takes so, like literally one statement to change everyone's minds. Sonic Fox is the man. Yeah, uh, Sonic Fox is so I cool. think. Sonic Fox is what gamers are. Um, yeah. He's different. He's quirky. He's weird. Um, and uh, that's... And we that's, celebrate that's, that. That's every gamer I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, and he fucking whips ass. And he's, and yeah, and he's... Talented. Pound for pound, one of the best gamers that exists and has ever existed. So, yeah. Kudos. Yeah, really cool to see him win that award, and uh, like his speech, I thought was like really like genuine. You know, like it wasn't him reading off a teleprompter. It was like he was nervous, he was awkward, and like that's human. You know, which is yeah. just crazy. Can you, when you think about the fact that like he broadcasts live for like thousands of people like every day. You know, uh, but yeah, all, all around, I thought it was a great show. My biggest problem with the Game Awards. Um, and and most award shows, to be fair to the Game Awards, has been the like I don't know the a lot of the scripted moments when like presenters came out were cringy, very stilted. Like yeah. when the Russo brothers were like, there were originally ten nominees for this award. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was like so like oh my god, guys. Or uh. Uh, I did think the part where Ninja was talking to that Muppet, I can't remember his name, that was funny. That was, yeah. Uh, where when Christopher Judge and the kid who played Atreus, like, presented an award, and it was just a long setup to just have him say boy. 
Yeah. Yeah, but that that was a cool moment though. I got a. I thought that was funny. My yeah. only problem with the Game Awards was I didn't get to see it live. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was all right. There was definitely some down moments in terms of just rattling off awards or you know people coming out is like Jonah Hill what the hell are you what's your involvement here like it was so random <laughs> I forgot about that it's just yeah. like uh Jonah Hill's here All right. and his hair's blonde and he really likes this guy uh, yeah okay um yeah that was weird uh I, I don't know it was it was good like they they definitely focused on what matters when you're talking about the game awards which was nice but uh I felt like there were some boring parts and uh, a lot of a lot of just rattling off awards. Like, here's this award. Okay, you ready for another one? Here's this award. Um, and, and, and a lot of Jeff Keighley just saying, these are the nominees. Here's the winner. These are the nominees. Here's the winner. It was a lot. Um, I, did, I did think it was funny. Uh, my girlfriend and I felt like Red Dead Redemption 2 was mentioned so often it that was. we just started saying... Every time they said, and the winner is, Red Dead Redemption 2. Best fighting game, Red, Red Dead, Dead Redemption, Redemption 2. <laughs> Best independent game, Red Dead Redemption 2. To be fair, the, the bar Redemption fights in that 2. game are fantastic. I'm sure they are. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Best, Best debut game. indie game, Red Dead Redemption 2. It, was just, it just felt like it was nonstop. I, I saw... Uh... I saw Alana Pierce, uh, who's like a games commentator. I think she's with Funhouse now. She's worked for IGN. Uh, she like made a joke about it. She was like, you know, like I really hope that like the little indie darling Red Dead Redemption Two manages to like etch out uh fucking uh like best student game. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Other than that, I mean, it was cool to see Hans Zimmer there. Big fan of his, and certainly seeing Reggie, Sean, and Phil on the on the stage together was. That was very, very cool. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. To say the least. It's a really moment. memorable moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so overall, great job, Jeff. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year because I feel like it's really just been getting better and better. So uh, hopefully we can sand down a couple more of those rough edges and, uh, you know, we'll get back on TV. Bigger and you better mean? next year. <laughs> nah, fuck that. Keep <laughs> it out of shit, but Who needs to go on but TV? Hey, it'll give notoriety and maybe someone else will care. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody watches TV. Fuck that right. shit. I'm sorry. Like, There's like fucking, it's like a hundred K concurrence on Twitch or some shit. I'm sorry. Fine. I forgot. Nobody <laughs> watches TV anymore. Uh, so then the last up on the news items this week uh, is another kind of hefty one. And uh, this, this was the uh, kind of funny game showcase, which I mentioned before. Uh, anybody who's a regular listener of the show or somebody who follows me knows that I'm a big fan of kind of funny. They're my favorite podcast slash YouTube network. And, um, Greg Miller, who's kind of like the, you know, figurehead of their organization, was like famous for being, uh, you know, a PlayStation reporter for a long time and, you know, is deeply connected to like the PSX event. So when that didn't happen this year, uh, he had the idea to throw together their own press conference that is like was totally, you know, focused on indies for the most part. There were 69 game announcements. So there's a ton here and, you know... I am not interested in going through the entire thing beat for beat. Uh, so I did just want to kind of go through this and just touch on the games that specifically speak to us. Um, so I know Andy got to watch the show live or, or you know, on VOD or whatever, like I did. Um, but Thompson and, uh, and Sean have both gotten a chance to check out all the games that came out from it. So I kind of want to just bring up uh, Wario64, who, you know, is a regular source of ours. 
Uh, he had a great little rundown of it where he, you know, had every game that was announced in order and was, like, actually a part of the showcase with them. So uh, I just kind of want to go through here in chronological order and call out any of the games that are appealing to us. So if there's one that any of you guys are hype about that I'm not calling out, make sure you do. Uh, they kicked off the show with a trailer and an announced date for Super Meat Boy Forever, which I'm hugely excited about. I was a big fan of the original Super Meat Boy and uh, I think what was really cool about this this trailer for me was that I think the original Meat Boy announcement, I wasn't sure if it was a new game or not, or if it was like a remaster with new levels or something, whatever. Like this one showed a bunch of content that was brand new. There's like a new like punch lunge mechanic that was not present in the first game at all. There were not even like enemies in the original Super Meat Boy. So that's going to be obviously a huge dynamic shift. There's the addition of Bandage Girl as a playable character. So I can't wait to get my hands on this. uh, Super Meat Boy is like one of the best platformers ever made, in my opinion. So I can't wait to get in here and like, you know, cut my teeth on this one. So I I don't have as much love for Super Meat Boy as you do, but it looked cool. It's a sharp trailer. Yeah. Uh, So then next up is Yik, which is... uh, I think it's supposed to be Y2K, but the two's a Roman numeral. Oh yeah, you're totally right. I think that would make sense because it's it's a, it's essentially an old school JRPG set in the late '90s, like with a bunch of hipsters as like your cast of characters, and it seems it seems like a fun pitch for an RPG. Definitely up my alley. Uh, Andy, what did you think about this? Um, it looks good. I don't know. It looks kind of exhausting. What What do you mean by that? Uh, just the aesthetic was so many different things at like any given second. It was just, like, I wanted it to settle down. Not be so eclectic. Yeah, not be so... Like, not even eclectic, just, like, it was visually noisy. Hmm. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I feel like it works with the vibe, because, like, the polygons are very... Like, the character models are very simple and stuff. Like, it feels like it's very, like... There's a lot of patterns and, and like, color, uh, playing with color. Yeah. But, I don't know, I'm interested in it. It's definitely one I'm going to keep an eye on, and I, I'm, I'm definitely wanting to check it out. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely in the keep an eye on pile for me cool uh we also got a release date i'm not super excited about this but we've talked about it on the show before uh the release date for toe jam and earl back in the groove it's coming out on march 1st so if you're you know a toe jam and earl fan that one's uh on the way uh this next one i thought was pretty interesting it's called quarantine circular it's another like mini game from mike biffel who uh is best known for volume and thomas was alone like pretty prolific indie game developer and uh it's like a like very like dialogue oriented like he's been making a lot of these like short experimental games lately and uh this is like the latest one it's actually out today if you want to go check it out on nintendo switch so uh, or not today sorry the day of the event which was saturday so it's out it's for out. you now <laughs> it yeah. is out today uh, so thought... yeah it is that is true it is out right today. you'll pass the, the polygraph um... beat <laughs> so uh the next game i wanted to highlight was moving yeah, out yeah dude that game looks fun. It's, it's so much like yeah. Overcooked in my eyes. I saw that and I was like, yeah. I can't wait to scream at you while we play this. This is gonna be great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it look it looks very much like Overcooked. It's just like a zany game about people moving furniture like through all these crazy environments, and looks like an excellent party game. You can guarantee that you're gonna get an episode for it uh, over on Pals. You know what sold me on moving out? It was the fucking head bops the characters do while they move. Like they just look like they're having a good time. Yeah. It's like da da da. Yeah, I, I was definitely all about it. Uh, so there was another trailer I was interested in called for a game called Conan Unconquered. Yeah, 
That, Thompson, you'd fucking love that. Is game. An RTS? I'm really confused about what this is supposed to be because I obviously I played the Conan Exiles game, you know, a buttload this year, um, which is a like a you know MMO thing kind of. It's like a survival yeah, it's a survival yeah. MMO kind of thing, and you know it, it got better over time. Uh, I played it unfortunately in the first quarter of it being out, where it barely worked. Um, you want to talk about a bad game? Fallout 76 is a gem compared to that shit. Um, so, like, I don't know where this fits, if this is, like, related to that game, or... If... I really don't know where it fits, but I... Obviously, I like the Conan universe, so that's cool, you know? Like, I don't... I really don't know where it fits into this stuff, but I'm, I'm definitely interested in it, you know? We shall see. Uh, so we also got the announcement of the Danganronpa trilogy for PS4, which is, like, a, a box copy I, of the Danganronpa series. I've been series. waiting to play those games for so long. <laughs> I know you have, and that's I'm really excited. They like for a while they were only available on Vita, and then they came to yeah, Steam. Yeah. So this has Danganronpa one and two reloaded, as well as Danganronpa V three Killing Harmony, which was like the action slash game. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also comes with an art book, so one to look out for. It looks good. Uh, I'll probably pick it up. I was a big fan of the original Danganronpa. Never got to play two, and I wanted to play one. I never so even tried them on <laughs> Uh, we also got the announcement of some free DLC coming to the Messenger in 2019, which is cool. So uh, a full expansion of the game. Uh, Guacamelee 2 also has uh, a free um, edition that came out, which is uh, like a code that you can just put in the actual game in the costume shop. And you unlock an actual version of Greg from Kind of huh. Funny and his dog, which Damn. is cute. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, we also got the announcement of two physical versions from Limited Run Games of uh, a couple games that we knew were coming to Switch. Uh, Windjammers, which is, uh, you know, the Sega Genesis oh game God, that's getting a remaster. <laughs> and then Celeste is also getting one for both PS4 and Switch, uh, which has two different sets of box art. Really beautiful looking uh, box art for that. So if you're a Celeste fan or haven't checked out Celeste or and taken my suggestion, maybe that's uh, the time for you to grab it. It's coming out January 1st, so keep an eye open. Uh, we got a... New trailer for Mineko's Night Market, which is another little one of those cute, uh, like, town, yeah, so, you know, life sim yeah. games that I like. So I'm excited I, to play I that. Have, and Thompson's girlfriend yeah, will no, also I be have, excited like, zero to play interest that. in this. But because it's cats and it's a little town game, my girlfriend will not shut up about this fucking game. <laughs> Every other week she was like, is that how you is? Right? I was like, no. Sister. I swear. <laughs> yeah, and Andy's sister as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, so I'll at least get to talk about it with yeah. them. Uh, so then we also got a trailer for a game called The Occupation. Mm, yeah. Which I thought looks really I'm cool. I'm so it's, into uh, this. It's, yeah, it's like a game about a, an investigative journalist, and you have to solve a mystery, and the the clues that you find, conversations that you have, and the decisions that you make all influence the way that the case plays out, and whether or not you solve it, and like who survives and who dies and all that stuff. And it seems really fucking cool. All of that stuff uh, that you just mentioned, all those talking points are the things I liked the most about the David Cage games whenever there was like any investigative part about it or anything and the fact that you know the case could change certain ways and just to have a game based on that alone I was like sold right there you know because that's like my favorite part of most of those other games why not make it own? <laughs> also it's like the parts that were cool about LA Noir. yeah right which I never you know? got too far into so I guess I I did like three cases in that game and I never finished it oh well <laughs> um that game I want to be excited about, but the fact that it's in first person is, like, not doing it for me. Kind of a turnoff. Yeah. I could see that. I don't know. I, I, I'm i definitely in for that one. I, I hope it comes together. Uh, then there were two other little cute little indie titles that I, I were interested in. Fae Tactics, 
Uh, it's coming to PC, which is like a tactical RPG, like reminiscent of like Final Fantasy Tactics and and that kind of stuff. I love those kinds of games. Oh, yeah. um, and yet, you don't play Fire so. Emblem. Well, I'm gonna play the new one, Andy. So. <laughs> I'm guilty of that crime too. I'm very sorry, Andy. <laughs> I'm very sorry. This 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 looks like a game that might appeal to to you too, uh, Andy and Thompson. So I figured. I'd bring that one up as well. And then uh, Eichenfell was another one that I was really interested in. That's uh, a um, also going to PC. That's also it's a like a little RPG, right? Yeah, but I think it's it's more turn based than tactical. But uh, it's it's about a world with magic users and like you know it just seems like a nice classic little top down RPG. Very much my aesthetic. The music really appealed to me as well. Uh, so there was Long Gone Days, which I thought was really interesting looking. The game looks weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah, coming out in April 2019, it's a military RPG about a sniper and seems very, very heavily like story-based. I thought this one, I wrote down in my notes, Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the army games and, you know, I love these kinds of games, so I'm I'm into it, but I, I don't know, it didn't really grab me too much, so keeping an eye on it kind of pile, you know, that's... It's like For sure. if anyone's gonna like it, it would be me. So <laughs> out of yeah, us, yeah, I mean, the first you can get the first half of the game on Steam now. Really? Yeah. For early access, yeah. Oh well, I'm not paying for half of a game early access. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll get the rest of it. <laughs> oh, I know, but I mean, when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Rather wait and play the full. Yeah. Game. Unfortunately. Uh, so there was another really weird game. I don't know how I feel about it, but I wanted to bring it up to see what you guys thought. It's called Away Journey to the Unexpected. It was that game that has, like, a Doom-style perspective, and it's an RPG that was, like, all about, like, recruiting friends and adding them to your party and stuff. Uh, coming out in February, like, it looks very strange, but I don't know. It has kind of an interesting vibe. Like, it's very different than any of the other games that were announced or any other games I've even seen recently. Uh, yeah, that game looked weird as fuck, and I'm about it. It felt like a game that you and Thompson might be into. Keep my eye on it. Same, same deal. Like, it definitely has the right mix of stuff I like, but I'm not sure. I need to know more about that. It's really weird looking. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I thought was really interesting about it was that it's a, the team is the two developers, like the guys who are the original creators and, like, the lead devs or whatever, uh, are French, but all the artists and musicians are Japanese. Huh. So it has, like, a very different, yeah, that's, that's like, cool. unique kind of aesthetic yeah. you know which one is of, cool. one of my favorite like side note one of my favorite tv shows actually is just this french show called walk fu and it's like very much like what if france made an anime kind of thing so like that fusion always seemed really interesting to me so with that little note i might get this might be more inclined to get it yeah <laughs> cool uh the next one that really stuck out to me was bury me my love uh this seemed like a game that andy and i would like to play together guys. and cry <laughs> <laughs> uh Comes out on January 10th on Switch. It's a game all about uh, migrants, Syrian refugees who are, I think, lovers who like are separated and like communicating through text messages. And the entire gameplay mechanic is you make choices that affect you and your partner. So it can be like uh, like one of the examples that really stuck out to me was like a situation where she was like, oh, no, like the trains aren't going to be leaving until tomorrow or whatever. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to get out. Should I wait for the train or should I leave tonight? And it was like you can either tell her to wait or leave tonight. And like those things influence what actually happens in the story and like whether your loved ones survive or not, I think, which definitely seems like the kind of game I, I want to fucking play and get sad. For what it's worth, you can play <laughs> it on your phone right now. Wow. Oh, really? That's cool. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, it came out earlier this year on 
Android and Google. I'll still probably wait for Switch, but hey, that's cool. Uh, so the next one was a game called the uh, the Wild Eight, which was really interesting. It had like a very like rudimentary like PlayStation polygon kind of style, mm-hmm. and it was like about like a werewolf and like protecting a village. Like I don't something about it really appealed to me. Did you guys did you, did this like jump out to any of you guys? It looks okay. Hmm. And something about it's like look like really seemed interesting to me. Mm, didn't really do much for me, but. You know, I don't know if that was the trailer or if it's just at that point I had seen like 40 other games, so. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, so moving right along, uh, there was a uh, the announcement of like a, a Battle Royale with Cars game called Not My yeah. Car, which I thought looked interesting. Weird, yeah. I'm not sure the... It seems like a... That seems like a fresh way to like do Battle Royale, yeah, though. I wasn't sold on like the, the art of it, but the idea is really cool. For sure. It's a Destruction yeah. Derby from old... You know, I don't know if you ever played those old like games I... Couldn't even remember a name of it, but it, I still love picking up, like, just smash cars together kind of games, you know? And, yeah. And, like, this yeah. definitely reminds me of that. So that's really fucking cool. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree on that. Uh, so skipping right along a little bit, you know, just getting through some of these. Um, there was another one that really stuck out to me that was called Reverie, the Sweet As Edition, which I'm assuming means it was on <laughs> PC. Uh, it's coming to Switch and PS4 and and PlayStation Vita. Vita lives, You're what up? You're kidding me. It's on the Vita right yeah, now. Yeah, no. Wait, no, it's, okay. yeah, it's coming it, to Switch early next year. Oh, okay, you're right. It's already oh, on yeah. PS4 and Vita. It's yeah. coming to Switch. Okay. Yeah, um, you scared me. Yeah, there. I'd never seen this game before. It's like it very much reminiscent of Earthbound. It's like a small town RPG that's about um I, I wrote it down. I think it's Indonesian Legends. Cool. Uh, and it, it just looks really cool. It looks like a really like tight little classic style RPG, and I think I definitely want to check it out when it comes to Switch. Neat. Um, and then Andy, yeah. I know you were really excited to talk about, uh, Boyfriend, Boyfriend Dungeon. Boyfriend Dungeon looks at, like exactly my kind of shit. It's a weird little, uh, isometric dungeon crawler RPG where the swords you bring out of the dungeon when you get them into the real world turn into, quote, men, women, and non-binary folk that you can then date. I'm all about a dating simulator slapped on top of a more gamey kind of game. And I could not i think that was the highlight of this show for me it looks i actually so <laughs> didn't realize how cool that sounded until you said it for some reason <laughs> i'm i'm actually into this yeah this is this is cool i i like it pals play let's do it <laughs> i don't care there's a lot of this list we've said we're gonna do though <laughs> well, hey man we need to make an episode like every That's day true, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then i know you also wanted to talk about Volpine. yeah uh, Volpine, I'm not entirely sure what it's about, other than you play a small woodland animal running around a big open field with a sword in your mouth. Cool. Yep. Um, yeah, they said that there was going to be, like, multiplayer and, like, stuff to do, and that's cool. But I'm just about being a, you know, a cute little fox with a katana or a bear with a hammer, where I think the two they showed. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting pitch. So I'm I'm I hope you do play it so you can tell me if it's worth checking out. Yeah. Uh so then I the next one that I wanted to talk about was Ape Out, which is a game that was actually revealed uh a, a bit ago. Like it's been it's been at a couple like events and stuff, but we got like a first kind of like long trailer of like really seeing what a level looks like. And uh, I think this game looks awesome. It's very reminiscent of uh of another Devolver Digital game, which is uh like Hotline Miami. It's like a kind of top down uh, beat 'em up slash shoot 'em up, you know, where you're a, a gorilla 
who is in a cage that gets opened and then you have to escape from all these different procedurally generated levels and it's like you can either like throw your like the people who are like trying to capture you again or you can grab them and use them as a shield or like use their gun to shoot other people and there's like breakable environments and all this stuff it just it seems like a really fun like arcade style game that would be great for like sitting down and playing for a run when you have a couple minutes or for a long time you know if you really want to try to like beat your score see how far you can go or whatever so i i'm definitely going to pick this one up and it's got uh it's got some interesting um people who worked on it actually uh the most notable is you know that that game that was big like on youtube and stuff like a year ago uh getting over it <laughs> oh with Bennett Bennett, um, something yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that guy fennec bottom whose name is in the thing like he's the art director oh yo game. he made quap yeah yeah, yeah yes yes he did <laughs> yeah i love quap <laughs> uh so yeah i think the art is really really cool it's like very simple but the colors are very vibrant and crazy and uh the the soundtrack is actually uh reactive oh so it's like or dynamic so like it does stuff based on you and your attacks and what you're doing and 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 it's all like this really like crazy like jazz you know like uh, so, like, when you throw somebody, like, a symbol goes off, and then, like, you know, when you go into a new area, the music changes. It's very, very cool, and I'm really excited to get my hands on this game. Cannot wait. February 7th. Pete, I want to bring one up. I don't know if you passed it or not. Uh, Operencia, The Stolen Sun? Oh, yeah, that was forever uh, ago. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I think that was, like, really, really on. Like, uh, oh, that's fine. Okay, yeah. 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 Like, well, that let's... one is just, it's a first-person uh jrpg basically you know like classic stuff but it's the first person variant like a dungeon crawler type and like i haven't seen one of them that caught my attention in forever but for some fucking reason this one did so i actually thought that game would speak yeah to you. yeah, yeah I, I forgot to call that one out I, I love those types of games but i haven't seen one that really got me you know in a while you know i and also like, love those kind of games but that one did not speak to me at all really Hmm. <laughs> it definitely looks like a thompson-ass game thompson-ass game <laughs> yeah yeah i I noticed, I think, in that one, something I noticed a bunch of times throughout this showcase is that, like, I really don't care for that sort of, I can't think of a better way to put it than Xbox 360 art direction. Okay, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, where it's, like, nothing about the art was stylized or, like, spoke to me. It was just, like, okay... This is, you know, we have the resources to make what could have been a triple A Xbox 360 game. So, that's <laughs> when you put it do. like that, yeah, <laughs> an early triple A yep. Xbox 360. Wow, yeah. game. <laughs> okay, just dig on my parade. <laughs> no, 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 no. <clears throat> uh, so then, another one uh, that we wanted to call out was Supermarket Shriek. Oh yeah, which looks uh, like a just a wacky, yeah, co-op like racing game situation. Looks like a ton of fun. Definitely one I would love to do a Pals Play episode on for sure. Story this is a game that I, I would never spend money on, but it just looks it just looks fun. Yeah. And I'd like to watch it, I think. <laughs> more than I yeah. yeah, it's just like a man and a goat in a shopping cart and going through these wild fucking, you know, like race levels. It looks it looks crazy and stupid and you know sometimes you need a game. I like, like that. dumb games, so there you go. <laughs> 
so moving right along, like there are a lot of other games here, right? Like again, so if you want to check it out, we've got a link down to we'll have a link down to the actual video that you can watch or uh, Wario 64's recap. But uh, the next one I wanted to call out was Jenny LeClue Detective Ooh, uh, which looks really cool. It, it, it reminded me a lot of um, uh. Oh, what was that game? Is it Broken Age that, that you're thinking of? Broken Age, but also that other uh, 2D story-driven game about the teenagers and the spooky stuff in the mountains. Oxenfree. There you Oxenfree. go. Yes. Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of Broken Age and Oxenfree, and that's cool. Like, it's it's got that same kind of, like, you know, you're, you're a detective – Girl, you're like a young kid who's a detective who's gonna like solve this mystery, and there's like dialogue options, and you know, like it seems like there's a lot of like environmental exploration and stuff like that. It definitely seems like a game that would speak to me and Andy, for sure. What did you, what do you what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, me, I loved it. Yeah, um, I think that art direction is like. It's right on the the spot of like it looks good. It's cartoony. It it looks like it has art direction. <laughs> it's like a picture book yeah. kind of feel. Um, and I'm all about mystery games. I don't know why there aren't more of them. I think like mystery puzzlers are some of my favorite things. Sadly, it's like once you solve it, you know <laughs> that's kind of it though. I think I don't know personally. Like I. I always felt like that with the mystery games. Like I used to love them, and then I'd be like, "Shit, I beat it. I never want to do that again." Because <laughs> like I know what to do, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why every game has to be, like, you know, endlessly replayable or like. No, it doesn't. Sometimes I, I just think want... that that speaks to a lot of what yeah. people want, you know. Uh, sometimes I just want like some tight puzzles, a good story, some monkey uh, island thrown in yeah, there for good measure. Fucking... I think it's great that, um, especially as mystery games have sort of fallen out, the ones we get are more and more, like, weird and niche kind of things. Like, Thimbleweed Park from a couple years ago was one of my favorite games in a long time, and that game explicitly asks you to uninstall it and never play it again when you finish it. Wow. <laughs> kind of like Undertale. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking cool. It's like, play it, now play it again, now never play it again. Uh, shit. <laughs> But yeah, that's that was definitely one of the highlights for me for sure. I definitely thought that game looked really good. Definitely uh, a game that shot to the top of my radar. For sure. Um, did we get a release date on that? Hmm. I believe no, we did not. Just soon. TM. Yeah. Incoming. <laughs> It'll be on PS4, Switch, and Steam. So okay. its its Steam page has a release date as tilde twenty eighteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so then the uh, last two big announcements, uh, we got the English dub trailer for uh, Project Judge, or Judgment, you know, from the uh, from the Yakuza devs, which is like, I was very confused by that, because they were like, it's Yakuza devs, but it's called Judgment, so it's like, not a Yakuza <laughs> game, but it's a story about the Yakuza. So it's a Yakuza Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, it's called Judgment. The... I don't know. Like, I've never played any of these games. I have, like, very little context for what they're like, but I know they're a big deal and people really like them. I feel like they're kind of a lot like Grand Theft Auto, yeah, right, in terms of for gameplay. for sure. I actually have, like, PS Plus gave one of them out, I think Yakuza 0, 
And I oh, have yeah, yeah, yeah. two other ones that one of our friends was kind enough to like let me borrow that I haven't gotten to yet because Zero came out and I was just going to start the other ones, but then I was like, fuck, Zero is technically the first one, so kind of went there. Uh, but I, I played probably like five or six hours altogether, and like, yeah, it's just like, it's a wacky GTA. It's really like self-aware from what I've seen. There's a lot of stuff in it that, you know, kind of makes fun of the tropes in it, but sort of like glorifies them in the same way there, sure. there's it's it's interesting man like you know in this the same criticisms that we would have for like gta 5 about the characters are sort of like yeah that's part of the yakuza game and like we're riding with it and we're gonna make it like almost a joke on like some of the bad things that you'd be like i don't like the way the character does this it doesn't seem humor ever you know it doesn't seem normal or, like that's dumb or yakuza says fuck it let's roll with it it's a little bit off the rails in that respect but still really fucking great you know what i mean it's it's a great game, man. And plus, you get to play as the Yakuza. Like, come on. You already are a bad guy, you know? So, like, anything you do that's good, no one expects that shit. Nobody. So, are you excited for this? Yeah. Actually, I think, I, yeah, yeah. I think this one you play as the detective, though. Like, you're on the, the good guy side. Right. That's why this looks so interesting, because, like, yeah. every other game is just, you're the Yakuza, <laughs> you know? So, you know, go from there. And then just to flip it completely around is pretty cool to me. Rockstar Games presents the Yakuza team's Tokyo Noir. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really what it is. And, like, there you go. That perfect summary. I feel like it's, it's like, it would be like if Rockstar was like, all right, we're making a game that's just cops. It's just about cops. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's just called Cops. Hey, man, I'd play that too. So, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so then the last big thing, like, uh, that closed out the show was the uh, the one more thing, as it were, was uh, The Walking Dead. The final season's episode three go. is coming out on January 15th. It's coming. Yep. And we got one more to go after that. And uh, they had the good, they had like the kind of the cool news that uh, the like, you know, the most of the staff has returned to the same office that they were working out of as Telltale. So it's like literally just like, all right, back to work. Like, we're good to go here. So Pete, I feel really like cool. uh, you're probably the most hype about that so how do you feel about those games still so i uh i'm in a weird spot because i i loved season one of the walking dead i was a big fan of season mm-hmm. two i remember i started season three and then fell out of it because i, I was just busy yeah. doing other things it wasn't like an intentional thing and then now it's like all right well i need to finish three so i can start four right. And I never did four because of like as soon as four came out, all the controversy started, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to see how this plays out before I get invested in this." So now that I know that it's coming, I'm very eager to like. Honestly, I kind of want to start it the first one again Ugh. and just do like a proper like full playthrough of the whole Ugh. thing, and then like finish with four and be done. Oh, with Pete, it. that's going to take so much time, and you couldn't be Persona Five. You're not playing <laughs> fucking four <laughs> Walking Dead series games in a row. <laughs> They're not that. Oh, but <laughs> there's no way. Um, all right, yeah, no, it's cool. We're gonna do them on pals. No, we're not. Floor. We tried doing three, if you remember, and what happened? Yeah, and my stupid computer crashed. Yeah. I buy them all. I bought them all on the PlayStation. All right, yeah, fine. you're right. You're right. I bought them all. They gave them all. Well, let's actually. start with three because I didn't play three all the way through. So we'll do that. Everyone knows one and two. It's Sold. super old now. Who cares? So, so there's Lee. Then there's Clementine. Then there's there Clementine. Go. Then there's Clementine. Shit, yeah, he's right. Uh, there's another guy in three. His name's Javier. Thank you very much. I don't remember him. You know, so Clementine. <laughs> His name's Clementine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
so that that wraps it up for the kind of funny showcase announcements. Um, you know, I I was super excited to see this like go off pretty well and have a bunch of good announcements. Obviously, as a fan of kind of funny, uh, and I thought it was a uh, it was a tight showcase. It was like, you know, trailer, 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 trailer. So very little wasted time, and uh, you know, I thought there was some good stuff out of here that I uh, am excited to get my hands on in the future, yeah. and a lot of it which you'll see over on Pal's Play for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, so moving into our meat and potatoes this week, we've got uh, the potentially huge news here that Epic is planning to launch their own digital game store with 88% revenue to go to game developers. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so this is a big deal. I think the the original story, uh, the Epic Game Store announcement here, um, they made it over on UnrealEngine.com, you know, which is kind of their home, ba- uh, home base. And uh, here's what Tim Sweeney had to say on the subject. So, for the past five years, we've been building tools enabling Epic to bring our games directly to players. We build the Epic Games Launcher on PC and Mac, featuring Fortnite and Unreal Engine. We built a worldwide digital... uh, Sorry. We built a worldwide digital commerce ecosystem supporting dozens of payment methods, and we gained great economies of scale thanks to Fortnite's growth. As developers ourselves, we wanted two things, a store with fair economics and a direct relationship with players, and we've heard that many of you want this too. Soon we'll launch the Epic Games Store and begin a long journey to advance the cause of all developers. The store will launch with a hand-curated set of games on PC and Mac, and then we'll open up more broadly to other games and to Android and other open platforms throughout 2019. The Epic Games Store will operate on the following principles. All developers earn 88%. Developers will receive 88% of revenue. There are no tiers or thresholds. Epic takes 12%. And if you're using Unreal Engine, Epic will cover the 5% engine royalty for sales on the Epic Game Store out of Epic's 12%. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So that is also That's huge. That's big, yeah. Right? So then they, they actually have a, a graph here that shows the revenue split, right? So if you're a developer who makes your games on Unreal uh, Engine 4 or Unity... Um, you're making 88% of your revenue total, right? The the, the lowest that you're ever going to see is, uh, you know, like, where, whereas comparing that on Steam, right? If you're using UE, UE4, you're only getting 65%. And if you're using Unity on Steam, you're only getting 70 So this is a, a, a pretty significant bump in pay if you're, if you're getting your sales here instead. Uh, so then the next thing is have a direct relationship with players. People who buy your games automatically subscribe to your news feed so you can reach them with game updates and news about upcoming releases. The news feed is front and center. You'll also be able to reach your players through email if they choose to share it. Connect with creators. YouTube con- content creators, Twitch streamers, bloggers, and others are at the leading edge of game discovery. The 10,000 strong Epic Games support, support a creator program excuse me, helps you re- reach creators so they help you reach players. If you opt to participate, creators who refer players to buy your game will receive a share of the revenue that you set, trafficked by code or affiliate marketing link. To jumpstart the creator economy, Epic will cover the first 5% of creator revenue sharing for the first 24 months. Wow. So that's also huge. That's a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's also just huge because if you if you know about Steam, like on the front page, the content creation that they have, or curation rather, um, there's a ton of those for like, like Jacksepticeye has one, right? Um, so that's obviously a great opportunity for like Twitch streamers or YouTubers or whatever to like have an additional stream of revenue. Um, but for Epic to cover it for the first two years is also really, really cool of them. Yeah. Um, 
So then uh, developers control their game pages. As a developer, you control your game page and your newsfeed. There will be no store-placed ads or cross-marketing of competing games on your page and no paid ads in search results. Uh, all engines are welcome. The Epic Store is open to games built with any engine and with the first releases... Oh, sorry. And the first releases spin Unreal, Unity, and internal engines. When you succeed, we succeed. We've built this store and its economic model so that Epic's interests are aligned with your interests. Because of the high volume of Fortnite transactions, we can process store payments, serve bandwidth, and support customers very efficiently. From Epic's 12, uh, 12% store fee, we'll have a profitable, profitable business and we'll grow and reinvest in for years to come. So, obviously, this is uh, a potentially huge news or a potentially huge story, and it's actually gotten bigger because since the Game Awards and, you know, the days um, since, there have been a bunch of announcements of games that are coming to the Epic Store as exclusives or as timed exclusives. Uh, like Andy mentioned earlier, the um, I, what was the name of the game? Hades, right. Um, the the new game from the creators of Bastion and uh, Transistor is going to be... It, it has its early access right now and it's exclusive to the Epic Store. And uh, Super Meat Boy, Forever, a game that I called out as a game I'm really excited for, is going to be exclusive for a year when it comes out on April 2019 to the Epic Store. Wow. Mm. So, and there, there are uh, a couple other... Uh, and that, that just came out today. That was breaking news while we're recording this episode. So... There are, there are announcements still coming of games that are going to be making that deal. So Epic's obviously making a big play here uh, and is is putting their hands in, you know, like they're making good with, with developers by giving them more money. They're allowing people that use their proprietary engine to save more money by using their, their proprietary <laughs> store, which is smart. And they're clearly incentivizing people that are outside of that system to come and give them windowed exclusivity or exclusivity uh, from Steam. And that's a real threat because Epic, if anybody can do this, I know we talked about uh, Discord doing this and how we thought that was a really great move because it creates a more competitive market and all that stuff. I never thought Epic would do this. Epic is way more poised to take the crown here than Discord. Discord has an uphill battle yeah. because they they need to make money. Epic already has a shit ton of money and can throw money around to incentivize people to come legitimize their service. And they can afford to have this tidy business. I think both of these are really – like this is really funny in relation to Discord because both of those are not like owned outright or majority owned. But uh, Tencent is the largest shareholder in both Discord and Epic Games. <laughs> They're betting Tencent on all horses, all these everything. <laughs> yeah, Tencent owns everything. I think Tencent wants a Steam competitor. Yeah, and they, they it's definitely doing do. everything it can to get that. But I I like if, you know, if if they're going to be as good as Steam like used to be and a more curated curated experience than Steam, that's fucking great. Like, if I can still get sales and deals and they're going to give more money to devs and I don't have to see, like, Steam recommend 18,000 naked anime girl simulators, <laughs> cool. Yeah, hard agree, man. Uh, I, honestly, like, I'm motivated to use this instead of Steam. Because I like Steam and I have games on Steam, but I don't use Steam every day. I don't have a huge, huge, huge library on Steam. So, like, segmenting my computer, li- like, my PC library doesn't really matter that much to me 
And, um, like, the fact that this puts more money in developers' pockets is something that I care about. So, like, if the incentive is I can get ga- the same games here that I could get on Steam, but they see that extra, you know, whatever the difference is between 88 and 65 or uh, 18% um, with with 70 is, like, that's that's worth it to me. Yeah. I mean, I know there are, there are people who are mad about this. Hmm. That it's like a fragmenting Steam. It doesn't have the the workshop features that Steam has. Whatever. I want a monopoly, man. You know that valid concern about the workshop, sure. But that wasn't there at the beginning of Steam. You know what I mean? That was an addition later on. You know, and Steam's been around long enough now to have, to have made these things. And I, and I I don't doubt for a moment that this if this takes off, which it sounds like it's gonna, they're gonna have something very similar to that. You know, I, I've got like legitimately like i think i have like 300 games on steam you know and like i have probably not played maybe 10 of them i'm not one of those guys that gets a shitload of games and doesn't play them you know i have had steam shit like when half-life 2 came out with that bundle or whatever like i got that years and years and years ago and i've used it ever since um this is great you know like i don't see how you could be mad about developers getting more money and and possibly you know having maybe steam get their shit together sometimes because it's a real like anime like uh, Andy had said about the anime girls. Um, it's a real problem when I'm like, hey, let me just search. Oh wait, why is there eighty fucking you know sales for this crap? I don't care about in the way. <laughs> yeah, these games you know? I have no and like it's it'll say like you know recommended for you. Yeah, those are some as cool like some of them. But then why the hell am I searching through like fifty, sixty, sometimes a hundred? You know when there's a sale, a uh, special for the week, and sometimes it's like three thousand games on sale. Oh my god, I have to look, you know, and like, there's stuff that I, you know, the wishlist system's great, all that, sure, but again, why the hell am I getting thrown 2,800 games that I have no interest in? I have nothing even similar to that, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just crazy, you know, there there definitely is a curation problem with Steam that we've talked about, and um, the idea of like a fresh start kind of through something like this is really cool to me. I have... I have no issue fragmenting my library. I've got like eight other launchers at any given time. You know what I mean? Um, sure. Seriously, like right now, I've got Origin Launcher, the Magic the Gathering thing, you know, like uh, fucking the Total War Arena games and stuff. They all run on, you know. Battle.net. Yeah, Battle.net. I mean, come on. You play. It, really, there is no escaping having a little fragmentation. And if, if Epic can come out with truckloads of money, start something that pays people better, um, looks like it's on the up and up, and has a better curation experience, then why not, right? I I don't know. I, I can understand backlash for most things, but this is crazy. Like, it's a good thing. If anything, Steam will get better. Yeah. I, right, because they'll have competition. I strongly don't feel like... Um, I, I, I don't feel like this is offering gamers enough to get them to swap. Not um, yet. I, I kind of I agree with well, that, yeah. But yeah, not yet. But the problem is that when you come at the king, you have to come correct, and this is not—they're not offering enough for gamers to care to swap over. Because even though you guys are saying that fragmentation isn't a big deal to you, there are a lot of people who do care about things like that. Yeah, and they, they there's nothing here that's making them go, "All right, well, I don't like to frag fragment my you know all my games, but." This has this, this, and that that makes me want to come over. Uh, I looked at the Game Informer article, 
um, where Tim Sweeney is interviewed and he was asked this question from the gamers perspective, why should they shop at the Epic store as opposed to the marketplaces they already buy from? And the answer was, it's a lightweight storefront that's convenient to use and gives developers a better deal. That is a really bad answer to that question because I agree, yes. this, this announcement uh, for, for gamers doesn't do anything. And that's not enough if you're trying to create a competitor to something that's been around for an extremely long time that is a proven commodity. It's very hard to do that. You look at World of Warcraft and the MMO space, no one can stop them because they've been around for so long that features that are in that game that aren't in the fresh upstart game, people want. And they're just not there. Uh, and this is the same thing. So hmm. I'm not saying that this won't be successful. I just really don't feel like they came with enough to make gamers come, and that's who they need to be concerned with. It's great that they're helping developers, but that doesn't go anywhere if people don't come to buy from your store. I think you're right, um, but I, I do think that they're making some moves to to make, to sweeten the pot, you know, because I think obviously like there's the exclusive uh, windowed exclusivity of certain games that we talked about, um, and if people care about those games, they will come get them here, right? rather than wait a year, probably. Um, but I think the other thing that they're doing is they're starting to give games away for free. Uh, if you take a look right now on epicgames.com, on their, the store page, uh, from December 14th to December 27th, my birthday, uh, Subnautica is going to be free. Cool. And from December 28th to January 10th, Super Meat Boy, the original, will be free. And are they just free for like... So I think that's another way to try to sweeten the pot is to get people to log in and be like, well, I'll take free games. Are they free for like just the period? Like, no, they're free, free forever. forever. Yep. They said they're going to do this every two weeks too. Yeah. Every two weeks they're going to swap them out and put in a new free game. So that that's interesting. Like um, those games are obviously on Steam as well. Uh, as far as most, you know, those two are. I don't know about future ones, right? But um, maybe it's because I'm older that I don't care so much about the fragmentation thing. Like I could see myself, you know, years ago giving a shit about that a lot more. You know, that that would that might irk me. But I, I don't know. So maybe my perspective on that's a little jaded. You know, um, I think I think coming out of the gate saying free games and all these other things uh maybe they're just trying to leverage the massive fortnite audience like i don't know like they have that yeah, and like right? exactly. when i think of that game right it's battle royale right and what do i think of for PUBG? I, I think of steam personally i really do um and that's kind of where i see the fight in that you know like fortnite epic it's battle royale like that's where they got their money you know i'm most of their money i'm guessing and Maybe they're just trying to leverage that, you know, maybe they're hoping that is the push to be strong enough. But, um, yeah, maybe, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. Like, this couple with Discord launching a store, which, like, I've looked through it a few times and, like, there is some nice deals in there that, like, I'm very, you know, had I have more <laughs> disposable income, I probably would have been getting more shit from Discord already. But the two of them, um, I, I feel bad for Discord now, right? I don't think they're going to... Continue, like this yeah i think this definitely makes their their yeah. future in that that space look less bright in my right mind. and that was i was like oh man this is great and i hear this and it's like shit man you got the fortnite audience behind you you're throwing free games out and discord isn't doing that and i can't speak for the sales on that because i haven't really checked up on it but um free games are free games man you know something like subnautica like i've i've been looking at that for forever and i never picked it up and it's free all right 
I'll pick it up. Yeah, yeah and I think to the free games point, uh, that's cool. The problem is, again, like if it's a game that's old, lots of people who have Steam probably already have it and don't have a reason to go jump over to get that. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. But on its face, I, I, I'm not I'm not really impressed. Other than the fact that they're giving developers more money, which is you know that's great. But in terms of what it actually is, I don't I don't know. It's I, I'm not blown away. I gotta say I was a little more lukewarm when I first heard it, but um, the more I think about it, the more I see the potential in it to actually do something. You know, like Discord, I I, I see potential in it, but but hearing this version of it, this feels like. A much better version of that, essentially. And I can see this actually doing something. And, you know, Steam's been riding on its success for so long that, yeah, it's got problems, but I don't think anything's ever really caused it to have any shakeup. And I, I kind of want that. Maybe I'm rooting for it, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. I don't know. Well, I think, I think the point you made earlier, Thompson, is a good one, uh, that they do already have a really big activated audience with Fortnite. So if if they can make it so that like you know because I think if the, the Fortnite Fortnite goes to the Epic launcher yes. if they lo- if they tie the store to the Epic launcher so that everybody who plays Fortnite on PC has to have the has the thing installed already that's a really really good step in the right direction for getting people because that's how people got Steam because yeah. Steam sucked yeah. when it launched but everybody wanted to play Half Life yeah, too that's literally so what like, I whatever, got for I'll download Steam that's exactly why I got it speaking of that that launcher thing. I think that might be probably what happened because, like, I all of a sudden, uh, like yesterday or two days ago, um, the Epic Games launcher, which you know, just it just runs when I start my computer up, uh, just started turning like auto update, and it would like consistently crash on itself. So something is like really fucked up with my Epic Games launcher right now. And then I saw this, so I'm thinking like maybe it is trying to update into that or something that didn't take properly. Um, so I'm gonna reinstall and see what's up on that. So that could work really well too. Yeah, I think that if they can leverage giving developers a bigger cut into a better exclusive library, people will start using it, then they have better sales, and then all of a sudden they're like an actual competitor to Steam, and everybody gets the benefit of Steam <laughs> trying to defend its market share and Epic trying to take Steam's market share. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which at the end of the day, it's going to be good for consumers. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll either work for Epic or it won't. If it doesn't work for Epic, they don't really have much to lose. And if it does work, it'll make a more competitive marketplace, which is always a good thing for the people spending money. Yeah. So uh, that's 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 pretty much the end of it for now. We'll have to see how it goes. But uh, I think Steam should definitely be concerned. They've got a powerful contender in Epic, and uh, it it's really just remains to be seen if they make the right moves, you know? Because I think Sean's point about how ingrained Steam is and that they are – the big kid on the fucking block, like Epic's gonna have to bring their A game, but it seems like they're not pulling any punches. So we'll see how it plays out for them. Uh, let us know what you're thinking about it, though. If you want to hit us up in the comments down below, uh, follow us at you know at the Comics Pals anywhere social media is sold, or write into us at the Video Game Pals at gmail.com and hear your thoughts right on the air, just like uh, people have in the past. And uh, let us know what you're thinking. Do you, if you're a PC gamer, are you interested in checking out the Epic Store? Are you concerned about fragmenting your, you know, PC uh, software base across two different launchers? Or is that not a concern for you? And uh, if it is a concern for you, do you think there's anything that they could do to make you make the switch from Steam at this point in the game? Or are you too ingrained in that marketplace? 
I'm really, really, really interested to hear from uh, what people in the uh, the community out there are are thinking about this issue, and if uh, if there's going to be a groundswell of people to actually check this out at the beginning, or if it's going to be a slow a slow burn <laughs> for Epic. Uh, so please write in and let us know. Uh, but before we go, we're going to do some plugs. Uh, Sean, why don't you start? Awesome. So if you want to hear more from me, I am on the Comics Pals, which posts the day before this, alongside Pete, of course. Uh, this week we did a bunch of comic book reviews. We reviewed Doomsday Clock number eight, Shazam Boom. number one, uh, Boom. Martian Manhunter number one, Green Boom. Lantern number two. So two. Uh, all good stuff. Uh, you're definitely going to want to check that out. Of course, we talked about the trailer for Avengers Endgame. Uh, interesting opinions on the trailer for sure and some <laughs> speculation. So you're going to want to tune in to hear that. And of course, um, I am on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Sean Soapbox. Hit me up to talk about Smash because it's the only thing on my mind anymore. <laughs> Andy? All right, so you can find me over on Twitter at Tiger underscore Millions. Um, I don't really tweet a lot, though, so tweet at me. We'll have cool conversations about why it's great that Persona is in Smash. Love it. Also, I do want to break a tiny bit of news that happened while we were recording today. Square Enix dropped the opening movie for Kingdom Hearts 3, so go watch that. What? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Save it for the end, man. Wow. (laughs) brutal damn yeah i'll have takes on that next week thompson yeah um you can find me at relic vampire on twitter and you know i'm i'm pretty much stuck on fallout 76 right now so you (laughs) want to talk about why the game is actually good in some areas or whatever hey anything like that let's launch some nukes together actually i found out there's a website where they decode the nuke codes every week and it makes it so i don't have to go out and kill all those stupid officers get the codes and do it so i'm firing nukes like a madman um (laughs) Yeah, it's been fun. Man, that's some elite hacksaws right there. I'm not, I'm not cracking the codes. Some cryptologist (laughs) did it, and he puts it up on a website, and I'm just taking advantage of it. So, (laughs) there you go. There you go. If you want to connect with me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. You can catch me on the Comics Pals with Sean. You can find me on Pals Play with Thompson. Uh, and you can catch me over on LootPots.com as the host of their weekly Nintendo podcast, The Potscast, where we're going to be talking about Smash and all the Nintendo news uh, this week. And um, you can also catch me doing like news and reviews and all that kind of stuff over there. Um, if you want to see some more coverage about uh, the Game Awards stuff that we talked about, you'll probably see some links in the description down below. So I'd appreciate it if you go show your support and check that stuff out too. Uh, So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Video Game Pals. We will catch you all next week. Bye. Bye, everybody.